Welcome to Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash Blah! <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Global Milk. Global Milk! It contains no horse meat. Global Milk, a subsidiary of Red Pantheon Productions. Welcome, everybody, to episode 34 of Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, tentatively titled Mike's New Pussy. We're joined <laughs> by the one, the only... Dr. Joshua Strausberg. Josh, say hello. Ooh, I got my PhD now. <laughs> we have a professor, and I figured you need some sort of academic title. So you're well, doctor. You're I'll be the doctor. That's good. You're the count. What's Alvarez? Does that make you a are you a duke? You like a kick-ass duke? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I could be a kick-ass duke. <laughs> I'm, I'm just suddenly flashing back to our our, our time singing the uh our parodies of duke of earl in the car and making it about who yes oh you know they call this a family friendly show and it's absolutely true if you come from a broken family <laughs> <laughs> Josh is feeling good. We're already talking about poo and we're not even five minutes in. Uh, so for those who don't know, Josh Strausberg heads up the Race by Rentals podcast, but he's also the creator and mastermind behind the Red Pantheon, which is sort of a collective of artistic types and creators that has swollen in membership like a tick over the course of like <laughs> yeah. a week. Uh, so member. congratulations, Josh, you did a great job with that. And, uh, I honestly think it was a great idea. Um, it hasn't translated to anybody joining our Facebook group yet, but that's not on you. <laughs> um, no, we'll get, we'll get there. There's a, there's a few people. And I, I, and thanks by the way, I appreciate that. I, uh, I have been personally really bad lately about getting on and being like the proper social media admin that I claim to be. Cause I haven't been like sharing or, you know, or, blasting people as much as i'd like just because you know life gets busy but uh and and this past week it was my wife's birthday as well and we had like the first actual house party that we'd had in a really long time uh all uh, medical professionals so never you know not as much fear of uh of covid and whatnot but uh yeah it's yeah it's been great it's a it was one of those things where i <laughs> i know uh i was uh when we started raised by rentals I literally just came up with the, the tagline of like part of the Red Pantheon network and recorded it almost like a test. And I just thought it sounded awesome. So <laughs> I just texted uh, Alvarez and was like, hey, uh, we should like do this thing. Like this would be fun. Like there's already like a couple of podcasts and I'll just glom, glom on and steal your audience. You know, <laughs> I don't know if my brain is the only way, only one that works this way, but you're like, you know, join this group. And I'm like, that's that's a great idea. But then in the back of my brain, my 10 year old that has never grown up inside of me is like, I'm part of a superhero team and yes. or a super secret society. <laughs> <laughs> and then in my brain, I'm like, which X-Men would I be? Which member of the Justice League? No, no, no. Wait, I'm a Great Licks <laughs> Avenger. And it keeps like yes. going farther and farther down the totem pole. <laughs> Yeah, I think Great Great Lakes Avenger is the that's the correct choice for sure. Hey, be, I would be, be 
Dor- I would be Doorman, who became uh, the Grim Reaper Demiurge. That would be that would be my pick from the Great Lakes Avengers. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is, be, y'all be really careful about calling yourself superheroes, okay? You've heard this story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I'm sticking with the Doom Patrol. There's, there's still my favorite. I picked up. Oh. Josh, you'd like this, so I'm. This will kind of segue into some other stuff. I'm going through. I have like this Monster Pile trade paperback, so I haven't read. So I'm like trying to read as much as I can to kind of get rid of the stuff that I don't want. It's taking up space. And I have some of the DC Essentials, like, big collections. And I have Doom Patrol, classic Doom Patrol, that I've never read. And it's amazing how kitschy and the art's great and how true it is to kind of, like, they are all assholes and (laughs) fuck-ups. And I love it, but it's, like, in a very, like, early 60s sort of way. So it's, like, a gee whiz, we all suck theme to it, and I like it a lot. But, um, yeah. I'm going to come back to that. Josh, I have a question for you. Other Josh, Professor Pickman. Do you yes. think uh, Keith Schubert would be interested in coming on the show? Because he is a heavy advertiser on the Concrete Head Facebook promoting Toy Box Theater. Is he a podcast person or is he more visual? That's an excellent question. I'll I'll reach out. Ask him. Do you think he'd be a fit? I mean, I think he could definitely roll with our weirdness un- unquestionably. That's all you need to do. Um, So I was mentioning trade paperbacks uh, because, Dr. Josh, you got me connected to Mike Balsic. Is that right? It's uh, Belusic. Mike uh, Belusic. Mike B. There's a lot of Mikes and there's a lot of Joshes in the (laughs) Red Pantheon. um, Who runs Heart Crate. And in my mind, uh, I want each kid in their crate to have something to read if at all possible if they're of the right age so in my mind i'm like i have trade paperbacks if they fit in the box the kids get a trade paperback because then you get a complete story Mm -hmm. for sure um so i have a stack of deadpool spider-man batgirl um suicide squad etc stuff that like house penthouse hustler (laughs) good for kids um that's any where I'm going Ar- with that. Is those, that like, those Eros, those good Eros comics that Fantagraphics did in the '90s. Those are those are real good for kids too. I'm not giving <laughs> out any of my Fantagraphics stuff. <laughs> I was going through my trade paperbacks and I forgot that I had uh, some Dead World stuff. So oh, I'm nice. go back oh, and read yeah. that. And uh, Mike and Doctor Josh, you would appreciate this. At a garage sale, I bought a random copy of Dead World. I was going through some back issues at a car- uh, garage sale, just kind of plucking stuff because they're a quarter a piece. I found some Dead World's bottom. I didn't realize the one was signed by James O'Barr. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, nice. This For a quarter, like, whoever's selling them didn't know either. Um, so, yeah, I have Heartcrake got a hold of me. They told me that they can't ship me boxes directly. The plan would be I fill the box and mail them out so they don't – there wasn't, like, extra money being spent. It was trying to cut out a middleman. Um, but they can't do that. So I'm just waiting to hear from Heartcrate when they have a kid available. Apparently there's just no kids right now. Um, and heart crate kind of moves at a different speed than my crazy ass does. <laughs> um, in my mind, there's like thousands of poor, neglected, nerdy children out there, and I have to save them all <laughs> and throw like Uno cards at them and like, here, be happy. <laughs> Take toys. Yeah. Bah. 
Um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where they would like to do a lot more. But, you know, it's a pretty yeah. small it's a pretty small organization. They have some really, really cool people on their board and some really cool sponsors. But it's really just, you know, uh, the two guys, uh, Mike Belusic and his partner. And, you know, it, they, it was up until very, very recently, it was entirely voluntary or um, and they both work full time jobs as well. And Mike uh, Belusic works at a like an arcade bar. And so the hours are really strange. And yeah, and and uh, but they've dedicated a lot of you know personal time and money a whole room in one of their houses to just you know just full of toys and books uh but yeah it comes down to the two of them having time to do it but from uh, from what i understand uh just this year they've gotten some additional funds uh their board is organized and and approved a couple of uh a couple of expenses going forward so they are primed to have more resources and more time to put into you know the plan but to your point they don't really have any kids right now but not for lack of trying or lack of kids out there being in need you know being uh having issues with you know abuse or houselessness or whatever but uh they just haven't uh they haven't really had the time up until recently to go out and and so solicit like requests and sort of spread the word and and that was kind of why i wanted to get involved in the first place was well if you just need someone to kind of spread the word and let people know that you're there that the resource exists like I, I can do anything. I can, you know, get on the internet for free and tell people about it. So I did a feature on Comics Boost, and and honestly, I didn't really get as much interaction as I would have liked. So, you know, cut to a couple months later, and when this Red Pantheon thing that came together, like, other than asking a couple of, uh, you know, core members like you guys to join, one of the first things I did was was hit up uh, my buddy Joe Blaza, who's Mike Belusic's bestie, and and you know, tried to get that conversation started. So I think this year is going to be pretty cool. Yep, I'm giving them the benefit of doubt and I'm just waiting and buying lots of shit that I shouldn't be buying on clearance and filling up my basement. Um, much to my wife's chagrin, but <laughs> time for our first segment of the show show and tell, uh, everybody we're nerds. We collect things, we buy stuff and here's where we tell you about it. Josh, because you're our guest, would you like to start? Have you gotten any cool comic books this week? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I I have a lot of stuff that's like uh, in in transit, stuff that's coming, and I collect a lot of like sort of strange things that I don't uh, I don't know why sometimes uh, I bother, <laughs> but uh, I did finally complete my collection of the Fantagraphics Moam uh, anthology series, which it was from like 2010. It was a 22 book uh, anthology series with a lot of like really really great artists like Arkikuo Johnson and Paul Hornschmeyer and a, uh, a bunch of those uh, Fantagraphics like mainstays, some guys that have gone on to to do bigger stuff at Pantheon but um, Pantheon books, not not the Red Pantheon. Um, but for some reason, the book 19 has just been absolutely impossible to find. I don't know what it is about that particular book other than uh, the Josh Simmons cover, and Josh Simmons is really hot right now, uh, but to the point where I literally could not find a copy for any price anywhere, eventually started finding some in some really strange, out-of-the-way places You know that people wanted just ridiculous amounts of money for, and uh, and then I just happened to stumble across one for about twenty five dollars from a seller who obviously had no idea what he had, um, which is my favorite way to buy comics, like little out of the way comic shops in the middle of nowhere and, you know, other states that uh, I they make the mistake of putting an online store up and <laughs> I creep through their back issues. And I was so excited to to finally finish that. But that's my that's my super like deep cut 
nerd one. Uh, on the more surface level, I also finally got my hands on a uh, Supreme Story of the Year, which was the first of the Alan Moore storyline on Rob Liefeld's Supreme comic, <laughs> going back to the uh, to the late '90s, as well as the uh, the rare uh, profit trade paperback which is the uh stephen platt and rob liefeld storyline way back in the 90s like the 94 95 and the uh, i got the trade paperback which i had to track down and this will be my quick claim to fame and the last comment here because i went on an extreme comics facebook group and kind of showed off my collection of really weird and strange extreme uh, Rob Liefeld comic trade paperbacks that I had from the 90s. I have one from Glory and New Men and um, so even Bloodpool, some kind of strange titles that I don't know why they published uh, trade paperbacks of at a time when TPBs were not really that popular of a format, but I was kind of showing off some of the strange ones I tracked down, uh, even a pit crossover that was technically illegal to print, but I got my copy of it. <laughs> and uh, and Rob Liefeld himself came onto the Facebook group and commented that I was missing a key book in my collection, which was that rare profit trade paperback. And lo and behold, it is mine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Rob Liefeld's kind of an acquired taste. Um, <laughs> I don't hate him. Um, he grows on you. He's just like he's so essential to the 90s and comic books mm. that it just seems normal to me. But like looking, you know, an outside eye. God, I'm trying to think of like I can't go deep like you can with the comic books. Um, I spend a lot of time in antique malls and dusty old barns. And I find a lot of like Marvel New Universe. Um, God, I can't even remember the names of the titles. But that like few years in the 80s there mm-hmm. where they tried to spin off into their own thing for whatever reason western york oh like yeah flush with the universe um, the D- dp7 and justice inc and some of that stuff J- yeah justice inc tons of that narc i think was one of the titles um but i don't buy them because i don't have enough mental space to absorb a deep knowledge of comic books other than the stories um i devote too much time to obscure vhs <laughs> tapes and action figures uh mike what about you? Getting any cool birthday boy? Oh, I got way too much. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll start off because I normally don't get Marvel Legends stuff. But uh, as I had mentioned, God, I think it was like episode two or three. Um, I was looking at that Cosmic Ghost Rider. Well, my wife surprised me with him. So I got the Cosmic Ghost Rider set, which is really cool. Like, I did not expect to like that set as much as I do. It's a great um, figure. Uh, oh, it really is. He's got like wide baby birth and hips is my only complaint about him, but it's such a small, stupid thing. Yeah. And I mean, and like you said, it's mainly because so you can position him on the bike. Yep. But he's got those really cool blasters with the awesome blast effects. Um, I love the bike. The bike is just cool as hell on the stand. And hey, you so. could use him as like cosmic blight. Hey, that's yep. true. <laughs> he very much has the the blight, uh, the McFarlane blight look. Um, I also got Pudgy Pig from the Power Rangers line, and uh, Josh was not lying. That thing is freaking hilarious. Like, y- you can stuff all sorts of figures in his mouth. <laughs> so he's been eating my Fortnite micro figures a lot. He is figure nonsense in the best way. Those oh. crazy ass Power Rangers figures should not be as good as they are. But Hasbro sometimes just kind of like sneaks in and gives you amazing product. And Fortnite and Power Rangers always like go above and beyond. And it's great. I've got a I've got a side rant about that for later. 
Okay. I, I say, the, the funny thing about Pudgy Pig is I remember vividly, like, that was the first Power Rangers thing I ever saw. It was one of those, like, I was, I had a sleepover at one of my friend's houses and we were watching Saturday morning cartoons and then freaking Power Rangers came on and we were like, what the hell is this? And we sat and watched the entire episode in confusion. And I hated that thing. I thought Pudgy Pig looked dumb as hell. As an adult, I look back on the design and think it's, it's so hilarious that it's awesome. And the figure just, I don't know. I love it. I absolutely adore that figure. I've but, had uh, uh, a deep, deep love of Power Rangers. I won't tell stories again. Um, much longer than like it was like 14 when Power Rangers came out. I was way too old to be enjoying Power Rangers, but I loved it because of Super Sentai. Right. Yep. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I definitely was not into as a as, well when it came out. Um, my real only involvement with Power Rangers back then was, like I said, that first episode seeing. Uh, getting dragged to the theater with my cousins to see the movie. Oh, God, and then... I'm sorry. That doesn't count. <laughs> that movie is hot dog shit. Well, and that's the thing. It was basically my two younger cousins who were, like, super obsessed with Power Rangers. And, like, I was their favorite cousin. So it's like, all right, I'll I'll go with you to see the movie. And I want to yeah, know what weird marketing executive was like, hey, I have an idea. Let's make the villain somebody's grandpa made out of slime. <laughs> Yeah, someone who really liked Ghostbusters too. <laughs> um, they're like, you know, just mix Vigo with the slime. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> it's Vigo. Yeah, Why is he covered other... in goo? <laughs> <laughs> the only other Power Rangers thing I ever really messed with as a, as a teenager was the video games because they had the fighting game on um, on Sega and I. I can't remember if the SNES one was a fighting game or if that was more of a beat em up. But it I remember one of those that... things were like two different games on two different systems, like the uh, Ninja Turtle fighting yeah. games, where they had like different rosters and they were essentially different games. That was what was going on with the Power Rangers. That's the Sega I, had the better one. Because that's yeah, I because I had a, I had a Genesis, but my buddy had a, an SNES, and I remember renting the Genesis one and actually having a lot of fun with it. Like you know, it was a decent you know, direct to console fighting game. But if I recall yeah. correctly, don't quote me on this. The Sega Genesis one had the green Ranger and mm. the super Nintendo one had like a putty patrol or something really fucking stupid. Like in hindsight, it was just like, why would anybody want to play the super Nintendo version when you can't <laughs> play the coolest character in the game? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the other things I got uh, for my birthday was I got two of those Lego stunt bikes, which, my son immediately uh, took over, and I'm totally glad to let him have them because he doesn't play with a lot of toys, and he's super into these Lego stunt bikes now. He's He's been playing with them nonstop, uh, so much so that I went out and got him the, the little chicken one, the, the chicken rider. <laughs> oh, God, I love that one. I just and, bought that yesterday, too. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. He, he had it in the bathtub, like the dried-out bathtub, like just having it run up the sides of the tub. And just, he was having a blast playing with this damn thing. It'll half pipe in a bathtub. What's that? It'll half pipe your bathtub. Kind of. <laughs> if you I get it going enough. <laughs> I didn't even think to try that. And oh my God, I need to. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You know what? Um, you keep talking. I'm going to mute and I'm going to get my thing and try it. <laughs> yeah, I bought that. I bought that chicken rider yesterday too, or day before yesterday when I, when I was at that Target uh, uh, recently in North Austin because I was there with Griffin and he was spending his allowance. And you were telling me about how great those yeah. bikes were. 
And I was showing it to him, but he was already fixated on the like shark turns into a squid, turns into a jet, whatever, like triple uh, oh, builder. The three that he, one yeah, I love he, the three in one creators. He yeah. he he was so like he gets so like uh, tunnel vision like this is what I want and, and nothing else matters and so once he decided that he could afford it and he loved it that that's all he cared about and I'm trying to show him the bike like no no really and then I was like you know I'm just gonna buy it anyway because he'll be begging me for something in a couple of days. Hey, let's be fair. I'm the same way with Leo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, you'll have to let me know how he likes it because I was honestly impressed. Like Caleb is is hit and miss with Legos. Sometimes he'll really like them and he'll play with them for a while, but. Other times he's like, yeah, it's cool. And I'll walk away. But this, like, he, he was playing all over. Like, he was on the floor for, like, an hour and a half on my, on my birthday. Or on I should say on our birthday, Josh. Um, but, Hush yeah. you. He, <laughs> world! Um, Holy shit. Holy <laughs> shit, this is awesome. Told you. He's <laughs> doing it right now. <laughs> oh, man, this is fun. But yeah, he was on the floor, like playing with him in the in the kitchen for like an hour, hour and a half. And and my cat Bella was going nuts trying to chase him down. So it was just it was a lot of fun with those. The other uh, Lego thing I got was the three in one cyber drone, which is a, a, a set I have been eyeballing for about two years now. <laughs> like I kept going, oh, I should buy that. Uh, I don't want yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, I kept doing that. And finally, Jess was just like, you know, you've been looking at this forever. So she bought it for me. And it's a hell of a hell of, hell of, hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then I got uh, from my sister, I got the G.I. Joe Classifieds, Fal- uh, not Falcon, um, Flint. And uh, he's really impressive. Like, he's one of the more impressive uh, classified figures that I have. I really like the uh, the shotgun sling on his back. That's that's really cool. And you can actually get him into an army crawl position. Like Ooh. his neck goes up enough like you can and you can position his wrists and feet to where he's like doing an army crawl. I'm like, I need to get some barbed wire and have him crawling under it. You know, what is it with G.I. Joe and berets? <laughs> you know, like Cobra, if yep. you're a uh, uh, mid-level to upper tier villain, you have face trauma yep. of some sort, usually in the eyes. For Joe's, <laughs> you have a beret. Like, well, who's jumping through windows and explosions and keeping a beret on the whole time? And to be fair, this Flint also has eye trauma. He's got a scar across <clears> his eye. So. That's G.I. Joe in general. Like, Duke has it. <laughs> That's, like, the trademark. And you guys, you want a fun toy effect? You might know this. Uh, How uh, do you know you have you, a legitimate G.I. Joe 12-inch doll as compared to a knockoff? The eye scar. No. <laughs> there's something hasbro trademarked and it's very bizarre but it's weird as oh, hell is, on their on their hands the backwards thumb, thumb yeah the thumbnail is on the inside of the thumb yes because it was and a mistake so yeah and they just kept it in there so it's like it's gi joe when they have a mutant hand you stupid really americans weird. listen to me <laughs> i say fuck you you shit on the beret i shit on your stupid podcast it is <laughs> like a stale cigarette to me. Bad. But I will still have it. <laughs> hey, I only show in the beret because those those French girls in uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation shat all over Rusty for wearing one with his name printed on the front of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> still my favorite Rusty. <laughs> oh, man. Not, the, not, the, not my favorite Vacation, but definitely my favorite Rusty. Oh, yeah. 
That's I, I don't know. I really do enjoy that vacation, but I, I do mean, too. Christmas vacation is still probably my favorite. Um, what the hell were we talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, we were doing show and tell. <laughs> you got for your birthday. I totally blanked. For, see, I'm getting old, man. Cue um, Holiday Road. <laughs> I'm not singing it. <laughs> Holiday Road. Holiday Road. See, I just, I, I, see, I just baited him and he did it. See, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm ruining, I'm ruining, I'm ruining your podcast and your. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Takes very oh, little to bait me. Mike, what else did you get? Uh, last two things, I picked up uh, the Dark Voyager uh, Fortnite micro figure yeah. and the um, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe uh, Man at Arms, like the the new, you know, five and a half inch ones. Yep. So, and that Man at Arms is awesome. He, he reminds me of Samus from Metroid, and in spite of the lack of articulation that I've complained about before, it's just a fun figure to bash shit with. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've grown on me, and there's, I mean, I'm excited for the new season that comes out in a few weeks. Yeah. For some of these characters, I like their unpowered looks more than their He-Man, you know, yeah. like, beefed up looks. I like plain old Duncan as yeah. compared to man at arms because i love that like it's got like a early 2000s playstation look to the characters that i like a lot with like big clunky nuts and bolts and um and and i won't lie i wouldn't say no to a non-powered up version of uh trap john with a lid i yeah. read some yep. leaks that have them dropped in there no nice. uh not evil lynn but cronus and uh yeah i think duncan so they're doing it because there's not a lot of characters to fill the lineup. But yeah. um, anyway, I got um, not much. A lot of stuff for I just tell my wife it's for charity when I'm like buying things for whenever Mike B gets back to me. Um, <laughs> so in Buffalo, Mike, you know, we got that. There's a new store called Gabe's. Have you seen them? Do you know I what I'm talking about? have no idea. No, not in Niagara Falls, but they're in Buffalo proper. Uh, it's another like TJ Maxx Burlington Coat Factory kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, bigger and more diverse because they've got like it's clothing, it's food, and it kind of caters to like a Latino market. And of course, they have toys and it's a lot of like tri logo stuff. It's nothing that you can't find anywhere else, but it's like, oh, they've got Avengers figures, but the carding might be Spanish. Okay. You know, like, that kind of shit. Um, but everything has got that like five below price point, you know, yeah. so it's like what you would find it for uh, at Target, not Target, uh, TJ Maxx Marshalls. Uh, so I picked up uh, a couple Spider-Mans, uh, some games that would fit into a crate type of box. And then as I've been out and about, I mentioned this on the last podcast. I don't want to have a kid have a superhero without a supervillain to have, you know, them beat the shit out of. It doesn't make sense to me. So I'm trying to get like a one to one ratio. It's like you got Batman. I'm going to give you the Joker. If you have Spider-Man, if I can find Mysterio. So I've been finding like Bend and Flex, which is like the bendy figures with the hard clunky armor on them. Right. Uh, those are on clearance. Mysterio is. So it's like, well, you know what? Spider-Man can beat the shit out of Bendy Mysterio. That That's my logic. Like, I don't want to have like, you, you know, Christmas time, your kid, you get a Ninja Turtle, you don't get Shredder. How much yeah. fun is it, really? You know, you can't have He-Man without Skeletor, etc. Um, 
other than that, the only thing of note that I picked up was the armor from Mandalorian. Uh, for reasons that I won't go into because it spoils the show, I kind of wanted to get her before she's hard to get. And I found her at a Walgreens and I was like, I've been sleeping on her enough. I got to pick her up because I kind of like the Mandalorian characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything else is just opening up stuff that I bought last week, like way too much um, merchandise I didn't have time for. So I've been opening up the Eternals figures, which look great, but I don't know why they made a whole line of them. Yeah. It's kind of like, it would have been fine if you skipped it. You don't have to make it. Maybe, you know, throw me a bone and make like a Kirby accurate Icarus or something at some point. Speak, I don't need... Speaking of which, by the way, are you still missing anyone? Yes, I need Thena and I need Druig. Okay, because my Walmarts have started uh, clearancing as well. And I know, I think it was Druig that was Walmart and Thena was Target. Uh, no, no, it Druig is all of them. Thena is Target only. Ah. Um. Regardless, so, the price is like dirt cheap now. So, text me if you find them. I'm interested. Yeah. Um, it's the build of anybody with the build a figure part was part of the main wave. Icarus was the figure without a build a figure part because they thought he'd be like the Spider Man. Um, Angelina Jolie was exclusive to Target. Selma Hayek was exclusive to Walmart. And they're getting clearance in stores. It's just like they're taking their sweet time. Uh. That, and I opened up the American Werewolf in London, Kessler Wolf. Great figure, but you can't turn his ankles so he can stand flat. So he's got these, like, spindly clawed feet, which you never see the full wolf in the movie, so I'm guessing they went by, like, Stan Winston photos. So he's a great figure, but you can't get his feet flat. So it's a little weird. But he's got, you know, he's touching at four points, so he stands perfectly. It's just the crazy person in me wants his feet completely flat. Yeah, because I, I feel like yeah. that plastic will bend and warp and then eventually break because it's just all black plastic with like a dry rub paintbrush on it. Um, but I've been waiting my whole life for a proper Kessler Wolf. The only one that's ever existed outside of statues is a little teeny Funko. So uh, I just hope that they go back and make me um, loaf. And then, you know, <laughs> they could have the whole movie not. Meatloaf, meatloaf, but yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Jack, because I feel like he's the only other essential character from that after they got the Nightmare Demons. So, um, Josh, other Josh, Professor Josh, ah! what'd you get? I didn't get a ton, but I did get some really, really awesome stuff. I'll start. I'll start low on the totem pole. Uh, I got a handful more of the Ross super cheap Fortnite guys. The yep. three and three fourth inch ones. Josh, uh, b- before I forget. So people, I just saw reports that people are finding the Marvel vintage carded Marvel Legends figures at Ross Dress for Less. Oh, some of those go for a lot of money. You want to make a quick buck. There's Spider-Man and Hawkeye in particular that I think are very, very valuable. You might want to look into it. Excellent. That grab them, these, Facebook them, whatever, free money. Yeah, these are the six inch ones, right? Yeah, Marvel Legends. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll keep my eyes open because I'm in there way more often than I should be. And seeing as I have the car tomorrow, I'll probably be in a Ross tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but no, I got um, what is it? I got super supersonic. I uh, I don't know. He's like a black armored guy with a skull on his helmet. Yeah. Uh, and. 
he's covered in hoses and he looks like he should be a Star Wars like background bounty hunter, someone hanging out in the cantina. Yeah. Cause he's like he's kind of basic looking, but he's just cool enough to be like background, like, oh, who's that guy? So I kinda wanna know more. And then once you know more, you're like, I don't care anymore. I saw a target today. <laughs> you know they have the Jazz Wares will give you a vehicle and exclusive guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's the supersonic body with like a neon skull painted on him. Like the Oh yeah. Uh, he sort of looks like the purge with like yeah. the neon wired skull face looked cool, but it's like, I don't want the vehicle. The guy's sort of neat. Yeah. That's my problem with the vehicle so far is I want the figures, but I don't care about the vehicles at all. I got to remember to keep checking the, uh, Amazon warehouse. Cause that's the kind of stuff that pops up there. Yep. Uh, so I got supersonic. I got, uh, Oh, the three and three fourth inch links. Cool. Who is actually really impressive. Not quite as impressive as Hasbro's. Uh, I am surprised to say that because normally I would lean towards the three and three fourth inch. But there's something uh, there's something a little bit bulky about the design in the three and three fourth inch version. That while it works, it just isn't as sleek a figure. So I have that that bias of having the the six inch one first, and it's just like, wow, this is really nice. Yeah. And then getting the three and three fourth entrance, like, okay, this is nice, but it's not quite as nice. Um, also got the, uh, my, as, as stupid as I feel for saying this, uh, my Ross had a big stack of the three and three fourth inch jewels with the bomb set. Yeah. And I refused to pay the Ross price for it, which was only 10 bucks. But I remembered seeing them at, target clearance down to six That's and, when I got one. Pa- and passing on it so <laughs> every time i saw it at 10 i was like i'm not gonna pick 10 i saw it for six <laughs> and my ross finally like put the red clearance sticker on it for five so i was like okay yeah now i'll get it <laughs> uh so the bomb is a cat toy my cats yep. love it <laughs> the uh the jewels is again nice but not as nice as hasbro's uh, and then to round out the Fortnite stuff, I the other day walked into Walmart and found the new Hasbro Tiantina with glider. Oh, that figure's so cool looking. I can't say enough good things about both the figure and the glider and and the stand, honestly. Like this is this is my side rant for this. Hasbro knocked this out of the park so hard. The plastic quality on the glider, the the handholds, the way the figure can pose to look, the way any of the figures can pose to look like they're on the glider naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, the translucency of the stand, so if you put it up against certain things, it looks very, very clear and tends to just sort of fade into the background. Uh the the sturdiness of everything like i haven't felt that quality plastic in years this is this is some episode one quality plastic this is the type of plastic that you can like pelt on the ground and it's not gonna break nice and i'm i'm so impressed with it and i didn't expect to be and the figure itself tiantina she's much like um much like Rex and the Chaos Agent and the like the slender slenderer of the figures so far, 
she's just utter perfection in her articulation. I can't complain about anything on her. The the way everything is selected for her articulation is perfect. And here's why all of this leads to a rant. <laughs> there is so in a single wave, because I'm still going to count this as part of the first wave of Fortnite. In a single wave of Fortnite and in a lot of their choices for Power Rangers, uh, as far as their deluxe villain sets and the two packs go. And hell, even we'll even go classifieds here with the vehicle packs and like the bigger packs that are coming out with the different animals and things like that. Why have we not seen this creativity in Star Wars ever? It, it's it been the last time we saw this creativity in Star Wars was before we had a black series. Yeah. And all these other lines are getting more creative display options than Star Wars. Why is why is Tiantina only five dollars more than the deluxe Boba Fett and the deluxe Boba Fett? comes with jetpack thrusters but no display stand or no mm -hmm. way to hook him to a display stand where is your creativity in star wars hasbro <laughs> you are stagnant with this line it says something when the first star wars figure i've been truly excited about in a long time to the point that i will go out hunting for him has nothing to do with the fact that it's a star wars character has everything to do with the fact that it is Werner Herzog's likeness. <laughs> <laughs> when Werner and, Herzog is the most exciting thing about your action figure line, you're in deep shit and you got some problems. Like, yep. yeah, I've bought other Star Wars figures. I bought that deluxe Boba Fett. It's a nice Boba Fett, but it's nothing unique or special. Like, it's it's not necessarily anything any other Boba Fett hasn't done before. It just comes with more stuff. Yeah, right. that could it's and, they're calling it now the potato chip syndrome where you fill the bag with air and charge more people. You charge people more money for it, which is what they're doing with these toys. It's just like bigger package and we're spreading shit out. But nothing has changed from a regular release figure. We just think you're stupid and you'll pay us more money for it. Now, that being said, do I do I necessarily feel like the glider pack should be that price point? Uh, that's that's I'm hard pressed to say yes, because I feel like I'd be much happier at the 35 price point. But because of the quality of the glider itself and the stand. I'm going to give it a pass on the price point because it does feel like you're paying for quality there. And and it's really it's rare for me to say that with Hasbro. Like, most of the time with Hasbro, I'm like, yeah, you're paying for that, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. okay. I wish it were cheaper. But this this point, it's like, I wish it were cheaper, but it's really nice. Like, that you can feel just the heft of the glider is like, oh, wow. I could bludgeon a chihuahua with that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get on top of that real quick for me, please? Because Chihuahuas are little devil monsters. Oh, God. Yeah, they are. 
but uh and then to to round it out i got i got two other things uh both of which i can say no bad things about really uh i got the masterverse revelation stinkor man i freaking love him i love that his alternate head just looks stoned (laughs) <laughs> because I put it on it on him and I immediately think of uh, Jason Muse voicing him for yep. his single line in Revelations. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, he's he's much like I, I'm in the same boat as uh, Mike Alvarez here in that I never got into classics. And because of that and the, the classics I have are very limited. I. Uh, I think it's basically just King Hiss and another King Hiss. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I really I really dig this this line. I can see where people do have complaints in certain areas with the line. Yeah. But for me, I feel like it fills the gap nicely because I'm not going to be paying the prices they want for classics these days. And uh, the last. Uh... Yeah, continue. There, the only thing that's you, wrong with that stink or is he doesn't stink, but I that I will agree with. That's that and that's something that I've considered buying a bottle of patchouli oil for. But then it then it works against the idea that the reason I like these are they're they're twenty dollar stand ins for classics. Yeah. And in some cases they look better. Uh the classic stink or was assembled incorrectly and never corrected. Yeah, so, so was the King Hiss. Yeah, his upper arms were backwards, and you got a tour guru promise that they would get it fixed. They never did. So uh, this is better. But uh, the last thing I got is uh, the NECA Universal Monsters Ninja Turtles Frankenrath. Great figure. it's, It's rare that I can praise NECA to the degree I can praise them on this. Right out of the package. <clears throat> Excuse me. All of the articulation worked perfectly. None of it felt too tight. None of it felt too loose. Nothing felt brittle. Uh, the the size don't feel as sturdy as they could. But I wasn't afraid to put them in his little belt loops. I wasn't afraid that the size or the belt loops would break. Uh, the metal accent on it is amazing. The paint is perfect. The uh, James Groman sculpt is fantastic, uh, which Ruth has thoroughly enjoyed being like, Josh Groban made that. <laughs> Just to, you know, be like, no, <laughs> James Groman, Josh Groban. <laughs> um, no, it's it's. That NECA knocked that out of the park in such a perfect way that. I'm definitely going to be getting Leo as Igor. I'm calling him I. I don't care if they call him the Hunchback. I find that misleading. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling him Igor. I haven't even seen him yet in person. I it, That's one of those NECA figures that if I see, I'm, I will most likely get. Just because not only does it look amazing, but both of you guys have told me that it's it's quality. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll I'll splurge on this one because NECA has, has burned me. <laughs> And it seems a lot like the um, the the first shipment of them is basically just a store will get in one. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing it's that typical NECA thing where like they'll get in one, 
and then in a few weeks they'll get in 10. Yeah. I have seen it in the 10. Every store that has had it has had at least five, which tells me that there have been at least three people before me that sold it or bought it. I'm sorry. So um, it might just be the size of the cases that they send to the stores because they get these weird shipper boxes for NECA that is full of whatever the vendor orders plus new stuff. And I think like once they max space out in the box, they don't send extra boxes. They just kind of stop it there. Uh, so it just might have been like they needed a ton of NECA crap, or not NECA, uh, NECA Migo, and there was enough room for one on top of that, or who knows. NECA doesn't make sense. Um, but thankfully, you know, like, I don't know where their thought process is as to, like, what's going to be quality, what's not going to be quality. But thank God that the turtles are quality as compared to 75% of the other stuff that breaks when you look at it funny. Yep. Um, so guys, I like board games. Do you like board games? Oh, hell yeah. Yes. You know who else really, really likes board games? Uh, board- uh is, is it Paula Dean? <laughs> Paula Dean, her favorite game is any board game, but she replaces the pieces with butter. <laughs> and you only get through like half the game and the pieces melt and the board gets all greasy because it's cardboard. Hey, Shoot. y'all, eat Shoot the butter, butter, play with the sandworm. That's right. <laughs> I should not have been drinking coffee when you said that. It's uh, <laughs> Paula Dean's arteries and capillaries instead of shoots and ladders. <laughs> <laughs> I would play that. Where you're a white blood cell trying to move through Paula Dean's cholesterol-clogged circulatory system. <laughs> something uh <laughs> actually i was gonna say warner herzog oh so, oh fun fact warner herzog when he's not making movies beautiful documentaries or procuring his large collection of peanut butter cups he designs board games he's one of those like in-demand board game designers so you can think of those like high-end toy stores with non-violent wooden toys like magnetic trains and they only sell playmobil for some crazy reason mm-hmm. you know those type like every town has a store where it's like we sell playmobil we're for all the <laughs> vegan moms out there territories <laughs> yeah so if you want a warner herzog game this is where you go and he's got a special message for you because he has his special takes on some classic board games so if you sit back and listen to the special message. Maybe that little kid in you is going to be like, you know what? I want to play these board games again. So we'll be right back. Oh, hello. And welcome to Herzog's happy house of board games where you will never actually get bored. Today, I'm going to take you on a journey through the world of Guess Who? Guess Who? is a mystery face game where you flip over a collection of faces with different color hair, eye color, glasses, hats, and more to deduce who the secret person is that your opponent has chosen. You flip over hooked tiles to narrow your choices and you ask questions about the character as opposed to asking the questions that truly matter about the person 
himself's character. What matters not is what the person is wearing. What matters is, is, is their ideal, ideal ideology. Once you get to the bottom of that, then you can start asking the real questions. Is the person a Nazi? Should the person be executed for their war crimes? Should the person be bludgeoned to death with a brick by a small child for the way he once looked at a goose? All of these questions and more can be answered in Werner Herzog's edition of Guess Who? Where the real answer is not who the person is, but what crimes they have committed in their mind. Werner Herzog's Guess Who? Buy it for fourteen ninety five, or a small chicken. <laughs> oh my God, the goose! I lost it. <laughs> oh, I need to find a small chicken. <laughs> I um. <laughs> got this hair up my ass because I was snowed in the house this weekend to make my own version of Guess Who. And I made it to Walmart, bought the newest version of Guess Who, which is like super cheap, uh, with the thought that I would print out my own tiles and put my own people in there. Uh, so I did 80s wrestlers. And it took me an entire day just to get the measurements right. But now I just did it like regular printer paper, and it looks like shit. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just had a ridiculous, an even more ridiculous idea of Werner Herzog's Guess Who, where every tile is just Werner Herzog. Is your person Werner Herzog? Yes. Game over. <laughs> we are all Werner Herzog. <laughs> he, he is Legion. <laughs> Herzog is Legion. Legion is Herzog. <laughs> you have guessed correctly. I can't do his voice at all. Just various Werner Herzog roles. Are you guys ready for the news? Indeed. It's amazing. It's newsy. So uh, much news. I hot am going to go hot off the presses. Starting with some Super 7 news announced today is some Mighty Morphin Power Ranger news from them. Wave 3 of the reactions featuring the Blue Power Ranger, Sphinster, uh, wait, no, Baboon Squat, sorry. The weird blue troll guy and the weird blue monkey with a monocle. Rito Repulsa, which is a half-camouflage skeleton, and the Dragon Zord. Uh, you guys all know that because they're huge, 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 huge. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fans, so I won't mansplain it to you. They've also announced the Super Cyborg Dragon Zord, which is the clear plastic, uh, highly collectible like vinyl statues where you can see the guts on the inside. Like oh, they have nice. like the Cobra Bat where you can see like the inner workings. McFarlane yeah. has announced Injustice 2 Green Arrow figure. No word on the quality, but he'll probably break out of the package or be assembled incorrectly because that is McFarlane's M.O. lately. And in other news, Roger Rabbit reaction figures are coming out. Some of the card art is very accurate. Some of it looks like it was drawn by a blind seven-year-old kid. So I, I did find out what's up with that. What's up with it's, that? It is very similar to the, the Bob Hoskins thing, okay. uh, where they couldn't uh, – they can use the character of Judge Doom, 
but the card art itself could not look like Christopher Lloyd. Okay. So they just assumed like what he would look like as a cartoon. Yeah, and I'm I'm not crazy about it because there are established, uh, you know, Disney official comics. Yeah, that it's. I mean, I guess the thinking is like, well, we'll. It's better than nothing. But I would rather have nothing. Yeah, but I feel like it's just it looks low quality too. Like it it looks like a a bad marker drawing. It, like yeah. It, it doesn't even have like. Like, uh, fine, if they want to do their own design, that's fine. But it also just has, like, a low-quality look to the design or to the print job. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like it was printed well. And I would just, if you can't do Judge Doom right, which, why don't you do the baby? Yeah. You know? I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, it's it's obvious you're not going to do another wave. But anyways, Well, I'm definitely um, getting Doom regardless. Well, you get him for the shoe. Uh, the figure actually does look good. Yeah, yeah, it looks like Judge Doom. It's just the card art because most people keep these on card and display them on a wall. It yeah. looks weird. So he's definitely an opener. Uh, there are some Mego X Ghostbusters figures coming out from Hasbro. They're more really like cloth eight inch figures. They don't really have the Mego aesthetic. Um, four of the original four Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is more collectible than I realize. Uh, I never get it. Because it's just the same four guys in the same suits over and over again. And this is coming from somebody who buys Jason over and over and over and over again. So <laughs> I really need to, like, shut up because I have, like, 15 Skeletors. And, you know, it's like, it's the same thing. Well, uh, Jason's outfit is a little bit different every time. It's a little yeah. bit different. <laughs> and I guess, like, the Ghostbusters are, too, because sometimes they tuck their pants under their boots. Sometimes they don't. I don't know. Uh, Super 7 is making Bruce Lee Ultimates. And again, Bruce Lee is a likeness that's very hard to capture. It looks pretty close to Bruce Lee. I'm just not sure if I want to buy these because it won't be that posable. Um, they pretty much showed you the extent of the poses in the pictures where he can do a few key poses, but he can't get like the deep splits and stuff that Bruce Lee would do. Um, I'm kind of on the fence if I want to order these or not. I want to get a Bruce Lee. I don't have a solid Bruce Lee action figure. Um and I don't know if there's ever going to be any like an affordable version that comes as close than the Super 7 unless I want to get something imported, you know? I might yeah. do that tonight. I think I'm going to get the Black Pants Bruce Lee. But then I'm also going to be mad if they make an Enter the Dragon Bruce Lee with the scratches on his chest. Yeah. Because then I'd be oh, like, yeah. oh, I want that one instead, you know, because that's very iconic Bruce Lee to me. Uh, Mezco is making five points Godzilla this versus Hedora figures. These are great figures that kind of have that um, shoulders, hips, head articulation in that Star Wars scale, but they're direct to order. You can't get them in stores, so you're going to kind of have to be a hardcore collector of Godzilla to get these, but I think they're really cool and a good price point. Boss Fight Studios, uh, you guys would know them for making their own custom G.I. Joe scale and style figures in the three and three quarter are making superpowers bodies with classic pulp comics characters. So they have the Phantom and Flash Gordon stuff coming out, which there's a lot of Phantom and Flash Gordon stuff lately. Um, Four Horsemen have a mass market Krampus figure. So if you missed the previous one, this one is available in places like Big Bad Toy Store, Entertainment Earth. It's Krampus, but he's red. Yeah. Uh, so. 
if you're on the fence, here's another chance. He looks Mattel, pretty cool. Yeah, it does. I, I just, I can't get it. You know, like, it's just like too much, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not gonna, pull, I'm not pulling the trigger, but he looks cool. I'm going to go nuts and get other stuff and I'll get out of control. Um, Mattel is going all in on Sunman figures. And the original Sunman is still available for pre-order on Target if you want to get him. But it looks like they're making the bulk of the characters from that original lineup using the new updated Mattel body. And I think the reason they're doing this is because there's a lot of reused parts. And they're Mm. kind of hurting for, like, unique characters. I think it's cool. I always thought Sunman was neat, and I've never actually seen one in person. Same. So uh, I'm excited, and I like the goofy pigman villain. And like mm-hmm. the weird bad guys, I think are pretty sweet. McFarlane has picked up the creation and distribution of DC Direct figures, and they're keeping the animated styles figures going. So DC Direct for a few years was doing like Batman the Animated Series and Justice League, that Paul Dini, Bruce Tim style in action figure form. Uh, they were notoriously from DC Direct, very brittle. And would break easy, but McFarlane's going to be doing more uh, with some repaints and the Batman Who Laughs, which is like everybody has to have the Batman Who Laughs now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't really care either. Um, yep. I'd have to order directly from my my comic book shop, and I just I've got my Mattel Justice League figures. I'm I'm fine. Um, wait, 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 Mike. What comic what comic book shop do you shop at? Rhinos Comics. Uh, okay. Why? Well, I used to shop at Empire Comics, and the brothers died. So. Oh no. You want to go deep? Hmm. I haven't lived in Rochester since like 2006, I think it was when I moved away. So there's still comics, etc. That's where I used to go. In the city, uh, but the owner moves shops. And there's not that like dirt mall anymore. <laughs> no, the dirt mall got like gentrified, so it's a lot of like fancy restaurants. And all the old shops are gone. And he moved to, like, an even sketchier part of town that's very hard to get to. So it's, like, some one-way streets and, like, U-turns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he got new people in the shop to kind of run things. And they're more towards gaming now than they are towards comics. Yeah. Um, Not my but thing. But, like, I've got a comic book shop half a mile from my house. It's just very convenient. And the owner's super cool. And uh, he gives me discounts. So Rhino's Comics for all your comic book needs. That's uh, awesome. I have no comic book shop in my town where I live. I'm sorry. I derail you. I, I was getting jealous. Like, I have no comic book. I mean, there's not shops in Austin, obviously, and in the other suburbs, but there's not one in Pflugerville where I live. So I always have to drive that out of sucks. town. I go at least once a week and just buy something to support them. I, I love comic book stores. Um. Where's it going? Mattel has showed off images of Ram Mam, and she's bizarre, and I love it. And her action feature is she's got spring-loaded hips because she can headbutt you. And that is pretty cool. I I love the power effect on her head. It's just, she's a goofy character. Uh, They have repainted Sergeant Slaughter from that line that I can't remember. Action Force? Uh, Eagle Force. Eagle Force into some sort of an exclusive called Sergeant Slammer. It's a different package, which is some sort of play on something. I don't know what it is, but he's like limited to 200. Super 7 is making Critical Role figures. So Critical Role 
I looked into it is these guys that record themselves doing D&D sessions, and that has spawned cartoons and a bunch of podcasts. They're really big. Um, McFarland is having more quality control issues this time with the The Batman, the um, new Batman movie. All the Batman figures that are out there, the bulk of them are assembled incorrectly. So there is masked Batman and unmasked Batman. The figures are assembled with the parts combined. So unmasked Batman should have a cowl around his neck like a hood. That's on masked Batman. There is a mid-stomach point of articulation that's its own piece. It's on upside down. So like Ooh. his belly button is in the middle of his chest. And where the torso would be smaller is going into the waist. Um among other things, some of the arms are on backwards. Basically, McFarlane's getting you these figures cheap because they're cutting corners in production, and it's starting to show. Um, case in point, these Batman figures. And nobody, people have bought, like, pre-ordered them on Target, pre-ordered them on Amazon. They got it. They noticed it was assembled wrong. They sent it back. They got another one. It's assembled wrong again. And they just keep repeating and repeating and repeating. <laughs> so people have just given up. Um I think it's kind of funny. And lastly, there is a new figure out in the market from Fortnite. His name is Mancake. <laughs> who is Mancake? <laughs> we don't know who Mancake is, but he has a stack of pancakes for a head. And he's a cowboy. And it's pretty damn awesome. Listen, all I know is he is now going to be the leader of all my sort of Western Star Wars type characters. <laughs> like all my six inch Star Wars characters, of which I don't have a ton, but I do have the Cad Bane. And uh, Cad Bane's going to be bowing down to Mancake because Mancake has a cannon and pancakes <laughs> for a head. I could just picture him talking in this like, <laughs> like sloppy syrup mouth. See, I, I pictured it absolutely clear, like Chairface Chippendale with no movement to the pancakes whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> like it and it would just be some sort of exchange like how do you how do you talk? How do you live? Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> I can do things with a pat of butter that'd kill you in four different ways. <laughs> Or maybe just his. Or the pat of, the pat of butter would be his mouth that like moves around on his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! And uh, of course, by the time this goes up, I'm sure people uh, it will be long sold out. But here's a fun piece of news: uh, tomorrow pre-orders will go up for the. Vintage Collection uh, Din Djarin. It is the unmasked version from Morak. So three and three-fourth inch unmasked Mandalorian. And the Black Series Deluxe Dark Trooper. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Trooper looks nice. Yeah. I was going to say, the Dark Troopers are cool. I'm going to wait for retail for that. That is really cool, though. I want, like, but, Luke with Crushed Dark Trooper. Oh. But also, yeah, that confirms that Dark Trooper's coming. Black Sweet. Series Dark Trooper. Just took him long enough. Um, that's your news. Oh, wait, I was just looking at the Transformers news. Uh, they're going to continue Beast Wars re-releases with... Oh, man, I'm so excited about one of them. 
Josh. One of it's them is the wolf. It's Cyber Shark. It's Cyber Shark. Who's a <laughs> really, really, really sweet Beast Wars figure. Um, who holds up to this day. And I have never held one that was complete. He's always missing fins and stuff. So the fact that he's back out is awesome. Um, I've seen Tigatron at Walmart. So they're still stocking him. That's really I cool. I saw uh, Scorponoff not long ago. Yeah. Um, people dig these. Unless they're Rat Trap, which he just he's went right to clearance. Um, poor rat trap can't catch a break. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no, I I I need that cyber shark. Yeah, it's awesome. But you know, we say rat traps. What I mean is mouse traps. Another great great board game of our youth, a game that never worked properly, but we all had it. We all loved it. You know, who else had mouse trap. Porter Herzog had Mousetrap. Oh. And I bet you he wants to sell it to you. Give you some wise words about existentialism and Marxism and Mousetrap and a goose. I have no fucking idea. But sit back and listen to some wise words from our friend and yours, Porter <coughs> Herzog. Oh, hello again. Welcome back. To Herzog's house of board games, where you will never actually get bored with the game. Today we're going to talk about another classic. We're going to talk about Mouse Trap. Just turn the crank, snap the plank, and boot the marble right down the chute. Now, watch it roll. Hit the pole. Knock the ball. In a rubber dub, which hits the man into the pan. The trap is set. Here comes the net. Mouse trap, I guarantee, is the craziest trap you will ever see. This poem doesn't nearly begin to suggest the madness contained within the mouse trap. Mouse trap isn't just a game, but an exercise in futility. You will spend hours upon hours attempting to set up a game that once set up, you will have no interest in continuing in and likely hate your siblings over. Here at Werner Herzog's house of happy board games where you will never get bored, we have made no changes to Mousetrap for you will argue over it for hours. It is an exercise in existentialism, futility and tolerance. You are in the trap simply by buying the game. You don't know which horrors you have unleashed as you set the trap, as your child sibling simply waits around the corner with a pitchfork, knowing you have purchased the accursed game. Buy it or don't. I don't really care anymore. Oh, oh, thanks, Werner. Oh, you know, you yeah, ever pitched yeah. a board game and you just want to commit suicide after? Thanks, <laughs> Werner Herzog. <laughs> oh, it's funny because that's exactly like that's that that was that was less an, an advertisement for like a quirky game of Mousetrap as it was like Honest Ads presents Mousetrap. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. 
let's just dive right into a discussion that I've kind of catered uh, for Dr. Josh Strasberg. Board games. We are all 80s kids and 90s kids in uh, Professor Josh's case, <laughs> which means we played board games. Guys, what did you have as a kid? What did you love? Wait, wait. 90s kid? No, I'm an 80s kid. Well, you know. Were you like 85? 83? No, I'm 83. I'm an 80s kid. All right. Never mind. Sorry. In my mind, Josh, you're a baby. Yeah, I, I don't know why. There's really not a big difference between us. Because you're a, you know, we're all decrepit old men. You know, I wanted to ask. Uh, you, you know why? It's because my children are cats. That's true. Uh, and, and you don't age. Like, like, like I I still, the, the toys I buy aren't like any veiled of like, oh, yeah, this might be for a kid. It's like, no, these are me. I'm going to play with a toy and then poke my cat with it. <laughs> youth forever i will drink the blood of a child <laughs> like dr Lady mike bathory it's like uh professor yeah really uh guys are you the same age too yeah oh yeah you were born on the same same fucking same day. day same age yep same city no no no, no not okay. same city <laughs> No, I was born in uh, in Texas, actually. Uh, yes. uh, lived here until I was like five, then, then Massachusetts for a couple of years, and didn't move to Niagara Falls until I was nine in 1989. And okay. Mike, you, you, you and I met in what? Was it the year 2000? Was it yep. 2000? It was 2000. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think we told this story on Raised by Rentals, but it, it was one of those funny incidents where uh, back in the Denny's days that we mentioned on this show before, uh, where we would all just kind of arrive at Denny's. Um, Josh, you came with, I think it was, was Short of Breath. I think it was either the guys from Short of Breath or it was Kara. I can't remember who. No, it was it was Paul Yates. Yeah, I was in Paul, yeah, okay. with Paul. And I'm sure Hadlack was there somewhere, too. But I remember it was because you knew Paul, right? You guys worked together. Yeah, we worked at Wegmans. Yeah. Yeah, Paul played bass in Short of Breath, and I think that's why I sat down at the table where Paul was already sitting, because I was coming to meet the guys, and and I just sat down, and it was like, hey, there was right. some other people at the table, and you guys were talking about comics or something. Yeah, and then we, we you and I got to talking, and like, kind of dominated the conversation of comic books, and it was funny, because at some point we got to talking about uh, birthdays. And you had like we were both like, you know, yeah, my birthday. And then you were like, yeah, February 3rd. And I was like, yeah. And you were like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, how'd you <laughs> like, know? We were, yeah, we were both really <laughs> confused <laughs> that the other one was talking about their birthday. But yeah, so it was it was a it was a very interesting uh, discovery. <laughs> yeah. And we've been inseparable ever since. Oh, hetero life. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And by the way, yeah, I also recently uh, got uh, the Stray Dogs graphic novel from Mike. Thank you for ah, yes. uh, also this week as part of the uh, the show and tell. I forgot to throw that one in there, although I haven't had a chance to read it yet. It looks awesome. Cool. It, it's fun book. So as a kid, there were a few games that were in heavy rotation for me. Fireball Alley. Oh, Fireball Island. I'm sorry. Yep. Rape Escape. Crossfire and Hero Quest. Oh God, God damn you! 
God damn you. <laughs> what, Josh? God damn you. My brain has, has almost instantly just went, Oh, that's the way you do it when you play the Great Escape. <laughs> so, I still have Great Escape. I bought it at a garage sale. And it's one of those, like, mousetrap-style games where there's this huge setup, and it doesn't really work. Where you make these Play-Doh grapes, and the whole point of the game, you're supposed to move around a board, but really you just buy it to, like, torture these grape people. Yep. Um, and then, like, yeah, there's board games we all had, like, Monopoly and Trouble, but those suck. Yeah. Did you guys have, like, the VHS games? No, like, but I, I, had, I had one of them. I did play the what was the the it was like the one with the crypt keeper I forget his name nightmare uh, nightmare yes I did play that at a friend's house but I never owned it those are a hoot uh, what about you Strasburg did you play board I, games I, I I did I can't really remember if I played any of those ones with like elaborate uh, like set pieces and stuff other than we did have a mouse trap um, I'm sure there was some version of some you know, de- crocodile dentist or whatever version of it was out back then. But mostly I played uh, board games at my grandfather's house. Uh, my grandfather, we lived in a duplex and he lived upstairs uh, when I moved, moved to Niagara Falls. And he he only had board games from when his own kids lived in the house. So they were all like from the 60s. Um, and he had a couple of relatively new games to him but it was like you know the 1984 version of uh, probably trivial pursuit and probably the first game of life so i think the game of life was probably the most elaborate one of those games and i got so sick of it mostly because we didn't have a, a huge variety uh to the point now where my son has a new version of the game of life and i absolutely despise that game <laughs> so much i cannot stand going to college and getting a job and having kids all over again i just look forward to retirement so i can end the game but also in real life that, that sounds awesome <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, and I, I, I'm pretty much memorized whatever whatever early version uh, of Trivial Pursuit that was. I don't know the exact year, but um, I do. Um, it, there was a lot of like semi, you know, racist uh, questions and answers, and a lot of like geography that was completely out of date. Um, but I pretty much memorized the cards just for lack of options. Um, and then, man, it was it wasn't that version of the game. But then when I later got one as an adult, and I got, I was all excited about like getting back into this game that I loved as a kid. And of course, no one would ever play it with me um, because a lot of the questions were the same, even though it had been like 20 years later or something, even though they had updated some, a lot of it is the same. And I had just like pretty much memorized them. But I did discover an interesting fact, which is uh, from like the 90s on pretty much, uh, I think some, something around 80% of the answers to all sports questions are Cal Ripken. So just always guess Cal Ripken every single time. <laughs> and you have a really, really good chance of winning the sports category, which if you guys are anything like me, was always the category that I got dead last because holy shit, I don't know anything about sports. So I would just say Cal Ripken every time until I got it right. You guys want a little funny, like I had nowhere to kind of segue it in, but but it's a bit of news like you, Josh. I don't know anything about sports beyond professional wrestling. I don't know anything about sports. I do, but I don't, I can talk to talk, but don't ask me who plays for what team. Cause I I'm confused beyond belief. So the Washington Redskins football team had to take their football name away because it was racist. Yeah. So that. they decided to become the Washington football team as they're like, you know, 
them, like they're screw you. Fine. We don't have a name. We're just the football team. Well, they finally picked a name. It's the commanders. And immediately their fans have decided that they're going to dress up as Cobra commander for their football games. <laughs> and I just love the thought of an audience, like a crowd full of people in Cobra cosplay to sport the Washington commanders. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like a doctor mindbender, a you know, death <laughs> Oh yeah, a cover commander <laughs> with like no shirt on his belly out, with like a big W on his chest. This just seems like some sort of weird cobra plot. Yeah, like yes. they bought a football team and now they're gonna take over the world. Yes, we bought a football team, and that will take over the world. This this is cold slither all over again. <laughs> yeah. And what do they do when they actually start winning football games? They didn't plan that far ahead because it's Cobra. But I just, I love the idea, like, the new oh, mascot man. is Croc Master or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no every, every, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it, Josh, you can do it. But every time they, they, uh, they score a goal, it needs to just be like the Cobra la 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 la, like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. the battle cry from Cobra Will their cheerleaders all be Baroness? <laughs> or are they all be Cobra Trooper tro- like cheerleaders? I no, think they're Cobra all... Trooper cheerleaders. No, you know, actually, they need to be bats. They'd all be and Nemesis all... Enforcers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A bunch of... No, it would just be the Dreadnoughts. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> they only serve grape soda at the stadium. <laughs> They'd all be dressed like Mindbender. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, everybody. No, I was thinking more like 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 sexy Halloween costume version of of Cobra Commander. <laughs> <laughs> like the big metal helmet with like the mirror face shield, but then like bikinis for some reason. <laughs> the bikinis, two, two Cobra symbols. Yeah. <laughs> oh nice. Oh my god. <laughs> You hear that, Washington <laughs> Commanders? <laughs> Just let Hasbro buy the team. You'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, but back to the, the board game thing for a second. You, you know what game I played a lot as a kid? I don't know if anyone else had it. It was uh, Thunder Road. It was basically Mad Max, the board game. I've never even heard of this. Oh, yep. man. It's so much fun. It's got, like, all these, like, crazy, weird-looking cars and, like, a helicopter and like an oil tanker. And basically it's just to get down the road first. Um, but you can like destroy your, your opponent's vehicles and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Like me and my brother used to play it all the time. That sounds awesome. See, again, my brain is just going thunder. Road. <laughs> As they're like driving down the road, bashing each other with spiked baseball bats. Thunder. Road. Oh my god. Car flip. I would love to see a trailer for Mad Max set to Thunder Road. <laughs> yes. Oh, that needs to be the next inappropriate holiday road video. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just let's make Fury Road the comedy that it should have been. You know what what game I always thought was a myth until I was an adult? What's that? Is the vintage Jaws board game. Oh, my God. The one where you, like, basically hook all the junk out of his mouth. Oh, then he snaps at you? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I never believed that that was real. So when friends were like, oh, yeah, have you ever played the Jaws board game? I'm like, that doesn't exist. And I just didn't believe in it until I was an adult. And I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Look at that. You know what I have is a piece of like collector's memorabilia. And I, I've i wanted to play it and I never touch it is the Dawn of the Dead board game. Oh, I've never. I didn't even know that existed. Um, I didn't See, either until I got like, you know, money and eBay and I was like, <laughs> kind of like, this is one of my favorite movies. What kind of merchandise? And the only thing I ever knew about, because I saw a document of the dead, was the T-shirt, the crew T-shirt, which is like, I have one. Mm-hmm. And it has been like, I love the thing to death. But I was like, what can I get? Is there like a poster or did they make like candy dispensers? What's out there? And there's a board game? This is fucking ridiculous. And I saved up my money and bought one years and years ago. Uh, but I'm never like, I don't want to touch it. It just yeah. sits there, you know? Uh, there's a game from the 70s that I had. I don't remember who had it. It was like a neighbor or something where there's this monster that moves around the board and shits slime on everything. Oh, yeah. That's the, um, oh, God. That was a Mattel one. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Pixel Dan covered it in yes, his yes, like, yes, yes. Days of Slime or whatever his Halloween thing was. We used. We never had the slime with it, but I remember my neighbor telling me that, like, oh, it came with the slime that was like the slime pit slime. Yeah, and it would just crap all over the board, and it would like the board was always it was just stained. Yep. From the slime eating at the cardboard. Um, am I the only one that had Fireball Island? Oh no, no, I had Fireball Island. I loved that. I I love that game so much that I have the modern version of it. How's the modern one hold up? Oh, awesome. I'm at the point now where I don't have anybody to play board games with. It's it's everything you remember about the original, but better. That's nice. awesome. See, I never um, had that. I, I always wanted it, but I, I just, again, played it at my friend's house. You can get it at Target now for, like, 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah. true, but, uh, you know, I spent all that money on HeroQuest, so if I'm going to be able to get <laughs> Caleb to play a, play a board game, it's going to be HeroQuest. <laughs> Have you played HeroQuest yet? Oh, yeah, we, we went through, like, four uh, four of the adventures, and he was really digging it, And but, again, you know, as kids do, it was like, ah, I'm done with this now. Yeah, you know, he was like yeah. super excited for like several adventures and then Christmas happened and then he was like, yeah, I want to play on my computer. <laughs> oh, my so. gosh. I literally just had to like look up HeroQuest. I'm like, why does that sound so familiar? But I couldn't place it. And I looked it up. And yeah, for sure. I never owned that. But I used to play that at, at my buddy's house all the time. I that loved one, it. And for some reason, he was obsessed with that game uh, Stratego or Stratego. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, uh, I loved Stratego. I yeah. used to play the crap out of that with my mom. Yeah, but man, HeroQuest, I forgot all about that. I think just because like, I didn't own it, so I wasn't really thinking about it. But man, I used to play that all the time. That was really fun. HeroQuest and Battlemasters. Um, the, the, my, my buddy Nick, growing up, like we used to play HeroQuest all the time with like a group of our friends. And then there was like one summer where we just kind of like we had finished out the quest books for the expansions and the main quest. And we started writing our own and taking turns uh, playing as Zargon, the, the bad guy. We we added like new pieces. Like I went to House of Fantasy and bought Warhammer pieces, <laughs> and we like painted up our own characters. And we're like, you know, now now this is like a half orc. <laughs> we had like our own cards and stuff, and we, we spent an entire summer playing our own version of Hero Quest and Battle Masters. It was it was great. You, you know what game? A Warhammer. Oh yeah, yeah, that that would have been an expensive habit. Yeah, honestly, like he did. And in fact, to this day, he still plays uh, Warhammer and 40K. 
Um, I always wanted to get into it, but the, the, you know, the armies are so ridiculously expensive and I have far too many hobbies. And at the time that I was like starting to eyeball it and he was getting into it, I'm like, all right, I'm already collecting comics. I already play video games. I already spend too much money on art supplies. I can't be dropping like hundreds of dollars on armies to then battle with like once a month. (laughs) Like I can't do it. You know, I had two different board games that uh, the only reason I'm bringing them up is because I don't I I have heard them mentioned yet. Uh, and they were both in heavy rotation for me. Uh, one was what I'm sure it was probably the precursor to Grape Escape. Which was the uh, Mattel Mad Scientist Escape the Monster Lab game. Oh, yeah. Oh, I which never was had, I never had a, that. Basically the same concept, except. Uh, the genius of it was the only setup was the board and making your little Play-Doh monster. And then you'd put like a little set of feet and a helmet on it. Uh, and then other than that, you just had like a couple of different stampers that you could squish them with. Oh, wow. I'm looking at it right now. I I never even knew this existed. That looks fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I loved it because it like the setup was so minimal. It really was just basically like make a Play-Doh guy try and get out of the lab. Yeah. Uh, and that level of basicness is just, especially like when you're trying to get parents, kids and whoever else to play all at once. That's just the perfect level of like, okay, this is basic, but fun. Right. Uh, and the other game I had that was really hard to get people to play with me, but I absolutely love. Let me know if, Anyone here recognizes this name? Shrieks and Creaks. I was just going to bring that one up. <laughs> oh, man, I freaking loved that game. Again, one I never had, but I, I, I played a few times with friends, and man, that, that was a fun game. Uh, I can't guarantee it's any sort of complete, but I guarantee it's still in my mom's basement. What's Shrieks and Creaks? So, Shrieks and Creaks was an interactive board game that predated the video cassettes. It came with a, or the VHS uh, games. It came with a cassette tape. And you had to put it in a cassette player and then plug a special device into the cassette player. uh, Which was the talking tombstone. Uh, So essentially, as you were playing the game, you kept the tape playing in your cassette player. Okay. But as you tried to go through a room, you would get a key and you try and unlock the door by sliding it into the talking tombstone. And if there was no noise after a few seconds, you unlocked the door successfully. If there was a noise, you would get like a shriek and some sort of taunting message from like the game master who was like, hey, you know, fake Dracula. Mm hmm. And, uh, and, you know, you'd have to keep playing until you could unlock that door and get to that part of the the board. And it was the I think it was like the first person to collect so many keys and get out of the mansion. Did you guys ever play Dark Tower? Yes. No. It's, no, not me. Wait, let me double my, check and make sure this is the one I'm thinking of. My father in law has it. It's this giant battery operated interactive black tower. And it's like a fantasy board game from the seventies, late seventies, oh, early eighties. 
nope, this is not the one I was thinking of. That is highly sought after and collectible, but you have to like it makes it's like a Simon machine. It like beeps and makes noises and it tells you like, you oh, it beeped three times. I can advance three places and really bizarre. It's one of those games that I think people enjoyed with a lot of drugs. <laughs> Freaks and freaks. Uh, Hero Quest, Grape Escape. What am I missing? What about all those like really cheesy movie tie-in games that were just essentially like a cardboard cutout on a plastic base you're moving around the board and whoever gets around the board first wins you know what one i had that was weirdly fun which one i had the batman returns one okay where it was like a 3d cutout uh it was it and it was cool the way it was done too because it was um one of those crisscross cutouts so it could stand up on its own yeah um and had an actual like middle level to it and you had to work your way through Gotham and the sewers and defuse bombs that the Penguin had set all over the city before Gotham blew up. But it came with, like, these little explosion tokens that after, like, if you failed to defuse a bomb, you would clip it on a section of Gotham. It was it was weirdly fun. I'm say I don't know if this counts as a board game. But me and my brother had the uh, the G.I. Joe, I think it was just called the Cobra Battle Game, where it was like it would you'd fire like weird little um, Nerf style missiles at each other's base and pop panels off. Hmm. You guys ever have that one? I had it, but I used it just for my G.I. Joe's. Oh, see, we actually played it (laughs) (laughs) quite a lot. (laughs) Like we mainly because we could shoot things at each other. Yeah. Oh, you know um, what? We had uh, we had Operation. That's kind of like a, a popular one. And yeah. uh, Hungry Hungry Hippos. That was, the, you know, again, I think everyone had that. It wasn't like uh, anything super cool. No Joe <laughs> games. No Dark Towers. What did you get cool, Josh? I don't know, man. Am I, am I cool? I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, you I can... definitely are, but it must have been like you're a late bloomer. <laughs> oh, no, I can, I can explain. I know the story. I know exactly. I, I, know, I know when, uh, like... Uh, the the moment that I found my like calling in life because uh you know Mike and I talk a lot on Razor Rentals about watching like too many movies and TV shows we should not have been watching you know in the 80s we we've all had that experience but uh 1991 uh that infamous Kmart in Niagara Falls on a military road that comes up yes. all the time for some reason on the spinner rack while waiting for my mom to check out right in front of the front door with next to like the claw machine comic book spinner rack I saw Road Pig on the cover of G.I. Joe number 90, and that shit oh, had, to come, had to come home with me. Is that where he kills, like, a ton of G.I. Joes? Yeah, yeah, there was a, it was a two-part, like, uh, Dreadnought special where Road Pig joined, or he features. I don't even remember the whole story now, but he features in those two issues. And I remember, like, going back, like, begging my mom to, like, don't you got to go back to Kmart for something? Like, go back to Kmart for something, anything, so I can go back and <laughs> find the next issue. <laughs> I only know this because you guys remember the G.I. Joe trading cards? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. The back of the G.I. Joe trading cards would have, like, bios and how characters died. And, like, Road Pig killed, like, the Battle Force 2000 and a bunch of G.I. Joes and, like, a Larry Hama issue wanted to, like, really give Road Pig a great entrance. And he just killed off a bunch of characters via Road Pig. Yep. Yeah, I don't think it... Awesome cinder block on a baseball (laughs) bat. 
That's why he was so awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, he, I'm looking at the cover right now. He was carrying that cover on the issue 90, and he's uh, dragging. Uh, and I had to look, I had to look it up because I knew it was rock and roll. And I'm like, who else was he dragging? Uh, I guess it was Clutch. And I'm like, I don't think that they made it out of that uh, out of that issue. Uh, yeah. So Road Pig to me was was, you know, he was a badass character. He's not even like my favorite Joe, but he was my uh, that was my gateway into into comics because I, I had to go back and get the next issue of GI Joe and I had to get that issue number 91 so I could find out like what was going on with this brutal road pig story. And then it was just like a bunch of like Spider-Man and like typical like Marvel stuff on the spinner rack. And I wasn't really interested in those characters at that time. I wasn't really until I got the first Marvel uh, trading card uh, set that I really got hooked on all the superheroes just cause I didn't know who any of the characters were. Um, and so, yeah, my, my dad uh, brought, he, he was a big sports card collector and back then there was a boom in like you know sports card collectibles and uh right next to the house of fantasy there actually used to be a uh, sports card store right in niagara falls and my dad was obsessed with card collecting and he bought me a pack of the marvel trading card series one just to shut me up so i'd stop whining and like begging him to go next door and like look at this weird like mysterious dungeon of a store <laughs> um, and uh yeah and then i just just like poured over those cards and like learned all about the marvel heroes and i eventually got up enough courage to go into the house of fantasy. I lived within walking distance uh, and I was like 11 and I would not have let my 11 year old kid just like wander through the city now that I'm a parent, but my parents thought it was fine. <laughs> and uh, I eventually worked up the courage to wander in there. And uh, because of that trading card set, I, I they had like, the, there was like a rookie card series. So there was the new warriors and guardians of the galaxy. And uh, I think uh, fool killer and dark Hawk. And I just bought as many oh, of those gosh. comics as I could find. Cause I was like, well, they're new characters. I could like get, I could get the number one issue and I would get the beginning of the story. And then I bought some weird random, like she hulks and quasars and stuff. And I just spent the entirety of my allowance uh, over the next, you know, years going into there to that store over and over and over again until i eventually worked there when i was like 15 yep. you, wow you, you mentioned the the gi joe road pig comic and it got me thinking about what my G, my first gi joe comic was and i'm sure this was a lot of uh toy fans first gi joe comic but silent interlude the the silent snake eyes comic oh yeah i actually, um, I actually owned that one but i read it online my my sister bought it for me because she she was actually trying to get me into comic books before i was into comics and it was one of those, uh, you know, Marvel does like a silent month or I, I don't even think it was just Marvel. They did like silent comic books and they had um, they had that G.I. Joe ep- or that G.I. Joe issue. I want to say there was a Spider-Man. There was some superhero comic that was a silent issue as well that she got me. Um, and then later on down the line, there was a Batman issue that had like mm-hmm. no no dialogue whatsoever. Cause like I was, I was young and didn't like to read at the time. So she was like, <laughs> like, here, look, just look at the pictures, you know? And um, eventually it worked because by I want to say it was 89 when I first saw uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I started reading the Archie comics. And I think I've told the story before. And then that kind of transitioned into reading the Mirage comics, which was then like, you know, hey, what else is out there? And I started reading, you know, the X-Men and all that stuff. But uh, but yeah, Silent Interlude, that was my first G.I. Joe comic. Oh, man, I wish that was before me. Yeah, and uh, I had to look since I looked up and th- looked up to look at the cover and figure out who the other character was besides uh, Rock and Roll. I realized that it, it was 1990, not 1991. It wasn't until 91 that I eventually walked into that comic shop and bought New Warriors number 12, which is the second part of a 
three-part story called Forever Yesterday, where it's like an alternate reality where uh, ancient Egypt like still ruled the world, which is a really strange story to read when you're, as your first superhero comic because it was an alternate reality about ancient Egypt, and it was the second part of the story, and I didn't know how it started, and it was the most confusing thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but it starred Nova, the human rocket, who because of that – uh, and the Rocketeer, like those are like my favorite superhero characters. I love characters with like weird like jet powers, like Cannonball. Yep. So, who was everybody's first GI Joe? Uh, GI Joe figures. Wow. Uh, my very first, I believe, was Duke. Um, because my brother, my brother, is six years older than me, and he was getting the GI Joes before me. And I want to say my mom just on a whim bought me Duke because it was like, oh, look, he has blonde hair and you have blonde hair. Like it was one of those things (laughs) like she was getting something for my brother. And then I immediately wanted Cobra Commander like because I was like, he's got a cool metal mask. (laughs) So I eventually got um, I got Destro before I got Cobra Commander. But Destro was my I know he was my second uh, G.I. Joe because he was the one I used to have to fight Duke with all the time. Um, but yeah, eventually I got Cobra Commander and he was quickly one of my favorites. Yeah. The only one I can remember was Snake Eyes. I don't remember a lot of that first, the first uh, round. Like I remember the the series that came, you know, a few years into it in more detail. I have a really bad like temporal memory, but I remember more of like reactions with like other kids toys that I was jealous of having. Like I never had a Zartan, but my neighbor did and I was so jealous. (laughs) Oh (laughs) man, I loved my Zartan. But I had I had my snake eyes and I had a and I had a storm shadow. Those, those were like I think I just had those two for a while. So of course the hero with the villain. Um, my neighbor had Zartan and didn't know who he was, and he had the mask on him. So he was like, "Yeah, I got this weird guy with a mustache and a weird head." And I was like, <laughs> "No, no, 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 no." I didn't tell him. I I counted off of him. He's like, he still turns blue, but his head doesn't because he had the weird mustache face. And I took it home and I was like, oh, my God, I got Zartan. Uh, sneak, <laughs> sneak peek was my first G.I. Joe and he sucked. Oh, because uh, he has like gray and red padded uniform and this weird roller derby helmet and a big <laughs> giant periscope for some bizarre yeah, reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I got to replace him with much better characters uh, from that line, like Chuckles and Tunnel Rat and Wetsuit. Oh, yeah, you know, like... I, had, I had all those guys. And you, and, 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 and Mike, you picked, uh, uh, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame, I guess, at some point, but the Hydra Viper. And I was like, no, that was my pick. Damn it. That was my, <laughs> that's like my favorite. The Hydra Viper and Night Viper were, were my favorites up there with like Darklawn and, and Crocmaster. Night, Night Viper is my all-time favorite G.I. Joe. Like, I absolutely love that figure. And... I have such great memories tied uh, with Night Viper to Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> so it's like my all-time favorite movie coincides with my all-time favorite G.I. Joe. Um, but yeah, like I, I adore that figure. But Hydro Viper was really up there for me as well. Yeah, Hydro Viper was always my own like little like, super villain uh, character who I, I – he was just the same – character i didn't customize him for some reason but i just changed his name to Devilfish because i thought the hydro viper was a stupid name and now of course i realized <laughs> that De- Devilfish isn't any better but <laughs> he checked all the boxes he had a cool hand which yep. he's the only one that has a different hand for gi joe ever he had a pet which that's always like if your guy's got a pet he's extra cool and then a backpack with tubes 
To yep. me, anytime a guy had a backpack with tubes, you were like, ooh. He also who's had this a important person. He had a lightning knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was that zigzag knife. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell awesome you the first harpoon gun. Yep. <laughs> I can tell you the first G.I. Joe that I stole. <laughs> the, the first of many, because uh, uh, I, I know my brother might listen to this and don't tell mom. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, by the time uh, I saw Astro Viper hanging on the rack at that same Kmart uh, and I, I hit the packaging was open, like just a little bit, like the little blister pack was coming off the corner. Uh, and I realized it would be really easy for me to just steal that character. Uh, and, and I, I, my, the first one I had got chewed up by my dogs and which is why I was going there trying to find a replacement. Um, and my mom would not buy it for me because I already had that one, even though I was like, no, it got chewed up by the dogs. So right. I, I stole it. And then after that, I no longer had to ask my mom for like the three or four bucks to buy Joe's. And I asked her for the money to buy comics instead. And I just stole all the Joe's after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was spawn <laughs> figures for me. And I'm amazed I never got caught shoplifting. I remember when my the Toys R Us that I shoplifted from constantly closed. The guy who almost always caught me shoplifting was still working there. <laughs> like he had a 25-year career at Toys R Us. <laughs> and I knew he knew I, who I was. And I always just felt horrible. Like, oh, you didn't catch me. And now you're going to go on unemployment. Oh, man. Too bad. So- Never got cut, undefeated. Yeah, and I was like, time, you know, as I was pushing a cash register out the door, like, I'll see you later. I never went that far. I think that the biggest thing I ever stole was, uh, was, uh, it was like, like a whole box of like, uh, of candy bars, like whatchamacallit candy bars, like not like one, but like the entire box off of the shelf from the tops, uh, on Portage Road. Uh, I, I, I found a way to, without my backpack, cause you were eventually weren't allowed to carry those in the stores anymore. I found a way to, to get the entire box out. So I stole a lot of candy and comics at that time. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I, I, I only ever shoplifted one thing on a dare and felt horrible about it. And that was a box of condoms. <laughs> that's a rite of passage i feel like everybody yeah. steals a box of condoms at some point I, yeah i was i, I was dared it. by two friends to do it because you know again i didn't really shoplift and they were like oh freaking lame you know stupid kid shit and mm-hmm. uh we were at hills and they kept daring me and i'm like fine i'll do it and then i felt terrible <laughs> i felt so bad oh man i never felt bad about i should have felt bad about shoplifting i never did i always felt like hell yeah i had this like secret gift yeah <laughs> you know and that was an adult i'm like oh it was so terrible i feel i feel bad now like as an adult i'm like that must have sucked uh and and i worked at an eckerd drug when i was like 20 and one of the employees had been uh stealing just rampantly and but we could not figure out who it was well i say one of the employees because we didn't know we had a thief in the store and every single day we would find open packages with like stuff missing out of the package in the store and nobody could figure out like we were, we were watching everyone like Hawks, like looking at the cameras, nobody could figure out how we were getting robbed literally every single day until of course it turned out to be one of the employees, the employee who had the best uh, cover story because she was the one who was like the most pissed off and the most like going after the thief and, and it would rant and rave all lunch period about how she was so pissed off about someone kept stealing from her and it was fucking her all along. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to always think about like, yeah, I wonder what those Kmart employees used to think finding all the empty packages of the Joes everywhere. Cause I didn't steal, I didn't steal the, the, the packages. I didn't steal the cards. I love the cards, but I, I figured that was my sacrifice. I get the toy. I'll leave the card behind. If it was at Walmart, they would have just hung the empty package back on the rack. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
They but, just don't give a fuck at Walmart. They, they do. I actually enjoy finding the really weird shit at Walmart that is so very obviously not the thing they're trying to sell. Um, I, I might still have a picture of it on my phone buried in all the old photos. But there was one time it was when the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles was on the air and they, they had, you know, the shelves were stocked with those. I want to say that it was a Baxter Stockman package. And it had an upside down, like, 1990s long-haired Superman in it. Like, <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> like, it was the most random old <laughs> figure that someone just clearly, like, nabbed off of a shelf and crammed it back in the blister. And it didn't even fit. It was just all bent <laughs> in there. And then returned it to Walmart, and they were just like, all right. Yeah. And put it back Whatever. on the shelf. Fuck it. <laughs> But I was oh, going to say uh, about shoplifting, when I worked at Media Play, um, Josh, I'm, I'm sure, actually both Joshes, I'm sure you both know the story. Um, I used to work maintenance. Uh, I mean, I've, I worked in every department at Media Play except for books. Um, but one point I got to be the maintenance guy because they were like, look, it's Monday through Friday. You know, it, it's uh, on holidays. It was 5 a.m. to like 2. Uh, regular shift was like 6 to 3. Um but basically, you'd be there for a couple hours before the store would open. You'd clean up, you know, and then during store hours, you would help unload trucks. You would do stuff like change light bulbs. It was a very easy gig where you got left alone and you got to listen to music while you're doing it. So I had my headphones in all the time. Loved the, I loved doing that job. But the other <clears> guy <throat> who worked maintenance, he like we were losing stuff left and right and we couldn't figure out who the hell was stealing from us. He had the best like setup for stealing this shit. Because, again, this was before the store was open. It would just be you uh -huh. and one manager. So the security cameras aren't on yet. Nothing is really running. All, most of the lights are off. He would go from department to department, as we were supposed to do, and get all the garbages. Well, while he was, like, pulling the pallet of, like, garbage cans through the department, he would just knock shit into the garbage can. Oh, nice. And then he would bag it up in the back room, take it out back to the dumpster, throw them out there. And because he was a smoker, he would always go out on his lunch break to smoke. So he'd go mm -hmm. around back, you know, have his cigarette. And there was no camera right behind the store. And he would just go through the garbage bin, take out all the CDs and, and VHS tapes and whatever he was stealing. Freaking PlayStation games, all that. He'd just walk them over to his car and throw them in the trunk and he would leave. The only That's way insane. Oh, it, it right. was nuts. The only way that we found out is they put a security camera back there and didn't tell any of us. Because they were trying to figure out, you know, is this an inside job? And it was going on yeah. for months, like months and months. And no one could figure out where we were losing all this stuff. And um, then when we caught him, everyone was looking at me like, were you helping him? I'm like, dude, I no, like, I didn't know anything about this. So then it was like, because I worked in maintenance, I mm -hmm. was guilty by association. So everyone was always like giving me the side eye. It Ooh. sucked. <laughs> but, Those evil maintenance people. Right. Then I ended up in music and everyone was just like, all right. <laughs> You're Whatever. cool now. I know. Yeah. I, I, you're cool now. Yeah, I, my uh, my uh, GI Joe. I mean, it's probably obvious. I mean, didn't everyone do it? But like the blister pack trick is really easy. It was the simplest thing. It only works when when the shelves are the what do you call those little metal hangy things when they're actually uh, stocked, right? Mm -hmm. So pegs. 
Yeah, the little peg. That's it. That's the word. Like simple word. I couldn't think of. <laughs> so I would just like I would just riffle through and find like the Joe that I wanted. I'd take a couple off. Like I was like I would make a show of it. Like I was looking for a specific one that take four or five six off. Like get get that one way in the back, even if the one I wanted was in the front. And then I would put the one that I wanted as far back as I could on the peg. Put them all back on. Keep looking around for like something else. Uh, and then I would go back and like riffle through them again, like making a big show about, oh, I'm trying to find this one specific you know, like Joe and I can't find him anywhere. And then once once the, the blister pack was on the back of the peg, I would just work my thumb under the corner of it while I was like, you know, using my other hand to like move shit around and like pretend to look. And as soon as I got my thumb in there, I could just pop it off and I would be rattling stuff around so much it would make noise and you wouldn't hear it. And then the Joe would just fall onto the shelf underneath the the peg again i'm making a lot of noise so you wouldn't hear the bang and then i would make a show of getting like annoyed that i couldn't find what i wanted and i'd go look for something else for a little while circle back a few minutes later uh grab whatever toy was next to the joe on the shelf like with the joe behind it like hiding it behind whatever other box was there and i'd walk up like i was going to buy that one like well i guess i'll take this one and then you know i walk up to the register look at it a couple times go oh i don't know i don't think i want this and then i'll just put the box down and walk out with the joe in my hand <laughs> wow <laughs> don't let your kids listen to this episode <laughs> There's a whole family, family, uh, wholesome, wholesome programming here. Yes. <laughs> Your I've father wasn't never... a delinquent, I swear. <laughs> I've literally never told that story out loud before. Ooh, like I, I said earlier, this is great family programming if you come from a broken family. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, don't tell mom. <laughs> <laughs> I would do the walk around the store, pick at the bubble, and then grab it and run <laughs> <laughs> i think the running part is probably suspicious uh well no like a brisk walk out the door uh yeah and i yeah i stole condoms because i think like everybody because you're like i'm gonna need these at some point but i'm embarrassed to buy them you know when you're 13 and there's like no chance in hell right um, when I actually, I'll, I'll tell the story later, but when I actually needed them, I used to make a joke out of buying really embarrassing things with it. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, like I, that was one of my highlights of working at Wegmans was yep. as a cashier, all the shit people would buy to hide the fact that they're buying condoms or some sort of sexual aid. Mm-hmm. So my favorite was this couple would come in and would buy like all these weird groceries to hide their enema kits in because <laughs> they would buy like three of them a week. <laughs> But then they would just get like Brussels sprouts, you know, coat hangers, like really bizarre things that made no sense. But they were just kind of like hiding the enema kit inside. I don't know. You know Bru- Brussels like, sprouts yeah. and coat hangers might go hand in hand with enemas. You never uh, know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Mm. <laughs> People are weird. They're always giggly and they'd always go through my line because I didn't give them any like, why do you like I would pick it up and ask for a price check or anything. I was just like, whatever. Have fun oh, tonight, you kids. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I think I told this story before, but <clears throat> when I worked at Wegmans, I I would buy them and I'd always pick like other random things that I did need. But like I would only get weird shit with it. So I'd buy like a box of condoms, kitty litter and hot sauce. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and again, because I work with these people, they would just be looking at me shaking their head like you're an ass. 
you need one of these, but we're not sure which one. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Well, so I, I know I knew I swore I wouldn't have diarrhea of the mouth, but I got to say one more quick story, which was the best shoplifting that I ever saw in person. I was witness to it. I didn't do it, and I'm just so impressed by it. It, it was a it was a quick smash and grab, but it was just the guy had so much like swag and confidence. I walked into a Target and it was uh, the entrance. Uh, just like usually, like one entrance on like on uh, if it's a super Target, there's like a, like a grocery store entrance and like a you know clothing side entrance, whatever. And there aren't as many employees over on that other entrance. Uh, and he walked. Uh, anyway, I was walking in, and as I'm walking in, I hear a smash crash of like glass. Or, or something and I'm literally like still in the automatic doorway and I see a guy in khakis and a red polo come running at me big big linebacker looking dude he's just running at me just like out of the way I see him out of the way I'm gonna get him and I was just I literally just ah, jumped out of the way <laughs> like this guy's gonna run me down what is he talking about and he runs out in the parking lot yelling like I saw him I'm gonna get him like it was a smash and grab job. Somebody in the electronics uh, department like smashed a glass case, grabbed a bunch of, uh, uh, I think it was just iPods at the time, and like ran out the door with them, and like he was chasing them. Except that was the dude. Like he smashed the case, shoved a bunch of a uh, bunch of uh, uh, iPods in his like really big like blousy red uh, polo shirt, and then ran out the door pretending like he was chasing himself. <laughs> like he just went into a Target <laughs> in a red polo and khakis, stole a bunch of shit, and then ran out like, "Oh, I'm gonna get him!" And it wasn't until like a minute or two later that like the manager came up and he was like, "Who was that guy?" <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> wow. <laughs> No. It was brilliant. I, and I stood around like eavesdropping their conversation the whole time, like trying to figure out like, he doesn't work here. Who's that? Do you know him? I don't know him. <laughs> I I gotta say, uh, Mike, when you said that you just would grab this thing and run, it reminded me of the absolute best shoplifting story that, that I witnessed at media play. And it's because of the item. Like, so I, I'm sure you guys remember media play. When you first walked in that main aisle, you would have like, the the rack of new VHS movies and then you'd have like a table with like assorted new stuff. It was always like, hey, this came out this week. We're going to put it right in front of the store. I um, wish I didn't remember that. <laughs> right. Well, it was right after we opened, like we just did our morning meeting. I was on my way over to video because at the time that's that's where I was working. And I'm, I just walked past the front doors. There was a couple sitting in a car like like pulled up right in front of the store. And as soon as the door opened, the guy got out of his car, ran in, like excitedly ran in, grabbed the entire display of Fern Gully 2 and <laughs> ran back out, throwing it into the car. And they drove away. All of us. Nobody tried to stop him. We all just stared. I mean, like, did that did just happen? <laughs> like, really? Fern Gully 2? Like. All he did was save you the time of having to mark those down for clearance. <laughs> Even the manager who literally just unlocked the doors. I'll never forget. It, it was this guy, Tim. He's standing there and he goes, wait, what? <laughs> like, <I'm so laughs> confused. Oh, that sounds, that sounds like a dare. That, that was a dare for sure. <laughs> it had to be. Because again, who the hell wanted Fern Gully 2 that bad? You know, it's that asshole is why I've never seen Firm Gully 2. He just stole every single copy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I, I have I have a hundred different shoplifting stories, but that's by far my favorite. 
I'm trying to think of my favorite. One that just happened with my wife and daughter. We were walking into a home furnishing store. Mm-hmm. Was it a home furnishing store? We're walking in somewhere. And as we're walking in, somebody's running out. And the manager's like, stop him, stop him. And the shoplifter is like very polite. So he's like, pardon me, I'm sorry. And he was <laughs> he had just armfuls of stuff. <laughs> and a lot of the, like, because I've worked retail for so long, a lot of the rules in these stores is like, once you make it past a certain point in the parking lot, they have, they can't stop you. Right, and yeah. I think the shoplifters know that too. So he was like going for this mark and he slips and trips and goes <laughs> headfirst into a car. Oh, shit. And it's just like, he manages to get up, but he dropped everything and then just like wobbled uh away but i mean i've seen at the wegmans that i worked at i won't say the name of the wegmans just in case somebody doesn't want to get in trouble but our store manager at the time his brother was a sheriff with the police department so we got away with a lot of stuff that we shouldn't have mm-hmm. and what we would do is we would catch you so we had codes that go over the pa system so instead of saying like customer assistance to aisle whatever we would have a, a made-up thing that would change every week they'll let you know if there's a shoplifter and where to go so we would say like you know, there's somebody stealing diapers. We would say like, uh, "Baby needs changing in the bathroom," something like that. And then we knew that like, mm-hmm. if you're an able-bodied male working a shift, all hands on deck to this aisle, and you're gonna get the shopping, the shoplifter. We're gonna like manpower them, manhandle them, and scare them. But the fun part was, is they would lock them in the security office, which they weren't allowed to do, and wait for the cops to come. But then we would play games with them and say like, "Okay, listen." We know you just stole this candy bar, but if you want to pay 17 times the price of this item, we'll let you go. And, you know, <laughs> just like a snot-nosed kid would be like, uh, I got, I have a dollar. And he'd be like, well, I guess you're going to jail. <laughs> just, just to mess with somebody. It was always like, you know, you have a shopping cart full of beer or batteries. It was always like the same things. And it would always come to like $10,000 in merchandise. And we knew that we couldn't pay, but we would just have a blast messing with them asking them it was always chicken wings was the one that was big at my <laughs> store um and we'd always catch them because they would wear the big puffy coats stuff the chicken wings in their coats and then the chicken wings would fall out you'd always chase the chicken wing trail and look for somebody who was st- or like the blood drip was another one from like meat they would get like really expensive raw meat yeah. we catch them gross and they'd just say like you got to give us ten thousand dollars and we won't call the cops and then little <laughs> do they know the cops are, are like on their way Right. <laughs> Knowing that they didn't, nobody has it. If you had that kind of money, you wouldn't be shoplifting to begin with. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Mike. Yes. So I, I heard a uh, little birdie told me you got a new pussy. Cat. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we still haven't named him. I'm. I'm. What? Kinda, yeah. It, it, I always wait and see like what their personality is going to be like and see if a name kind of comes to me. Um. He he's he's a sweet cat. Like he's five months old. Yeah. Um, he was. It was funny because we went to the SPCA. We wanted to go on my birthday, but you know there was like a friggin' snowstorm. Uh, so we went the following day, and we're looking around. There's you know all these cute cats, and of course you know we wish we could take them all, but you know you can't do that. Um, and there was this one little black cat that was sleeping, so I didn't want to dis- you know disturb him. And Jess and Caleb were in like the the room where you get to kind of like play with a kitten, and they they were playing with this one cat that Jess really liked. And um, the the volunteer that was there, she started petting this little black cat. He opened his eyes and immediately like climbed out of the cage onto me. And she was like, "Uh oh!" And he just started purring. He settled right into my arms. 
So I was like, well, I guess this one's going to come home with me. <laughs> yeah. And it uh, it was funny because she was like, oh, you know, that's so good. He was just brought here yesterday. And I'm like, wait, what? He was brought in on February 3rd. And she was like, yeah, I was like, he was brought in on my birthday. That's that's really funny. So, uh-huh. yeah, it was kind of serendipitous. But uh, so he's been following me around. He He's he's a sweet cat. My other two cats are a little unsure right now. Bella is very pissed off. She keeps hissing and growling and, and being annoyed. Edgar just keeps sniffing him and walking away. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but. The two names I'm leaning toward right now are either Rufus or Gomez. So, um, what was why was he sent there? What's his sad story? Uh, actually, it, it's one of those things where apparently the lady who had him, uh, she already had uh, the maximum amount of pets that her landlord would allow, uh, and she got another cat. And he was like, "No, no, no, you can't do this." So she surrendered him. And um, so he only he only spent one night or I'm sorry, two nights at the SPCA because he was brought in on February 3rd. And then because we got there, I think it was like a, just about an hour before closing, uh, they were like, we, we can't process the paperwork right now. So if you want to come back tomorrow, you know, we can we can set it all up. So I basically put the you know, put the hold on him, put the deposit down and came back the next day. <laughs> so well, do you know who shares a birthday with us, Mike? Uh, that What's has that? a really has a really cool name is uh, Warwick Davis. I saw that. that was, I'm like, how the hell did I go through most of my life without knowing that? <laughs> yeah, I literally just found that out uh, uh, this year too. I got one of those like on Facebook. It was like these famous celebrities have your same birthday or whatever the yeah. hell. And I've never seen that before. Yeah. So you're talking about names, and I'm just like, yeah, Warwick. That's a cool name. Anyway. That's not bad. Yeah, I, I'm with Dr. Josh. I think. I, I, uh, Warwick's a pretty cool name, or like Willow, or Lacrosse. I I was leaning toward Rufus just because of the reanimator. Yeah, okay. Cat dead details later. (laughs) Right. I was like, I was like, you know, what, 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 uh, you know, famous cats from horror movies. And we used to have a cat named Jonesy, you know, obviously from Alien. And, um, yeah, that was, God, I was like 12 when we had him. But, um, so I was looking through it and, and, and there was Binks and I'm like, eh, I'm not a huge Hocus Pocus fan. Like I like it, but not enough to name a cat Binks. Um, and then there was just like cat from Coraline, which I thought was funny, but I'm like, I'm not going to name my cat cat. And then uh, Rufus. And I'm like, Oh, I do love for animator. <laughs> so, and he is a black cat. So. Oh, Did you know, have a name previously. Uh, Thomas. Yeah, it's pretty lame. I, I mean, I don't hate it, but that's not a cat name. No. I mean, like you I, could just you could just call him Tomcat. True. I, I was j- joking with Jess. I'm like, if I'm going to name him like a like a, a normal name, it's going to be like Doug or Carl. <laughs> just something fun. <laughs> like, shut up, Carl. Like, just... You know, you did. You guys did jog my memory for a piece of news that we totally missed that I'm personally very excited about. What's that? Oh. Uh, it was something that was teased with the uh, Super 7 week of teases. What's that? Uh, Super 7 has announced that they are officially partnered with Like a House. Oh, yeah. And that will be uh, a full series of reaction figures, starting with Coraline. Oh. I Very care, cool. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. I will buy them all. I would be excited for Paranorman. Oh. I'll buy all of that, too. Those would be some sweet, sweet zombies if they uh, do the line correctly. 
I and Kubo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, anything they do is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Mm, um, Rolls was fantastic. Just ugh, good stuff. Let's wrap this up so uh, Dr. Josh can get to his birthday party where he performs magic tricks for children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got one last quick word from Warner as he talks to you about his favorite, favorite, favorite board game. Hungry Hippos. We'll be right back. It's a race. It's a chase. Hurry up. Feed their face. Who will win? No one knows. Feed the hungry hippos. That's right. At Werner Herzog's house of happy board games, that will never actually bore you. We have the newest take on Hungry Hippos, where you yourselves just look off to the horizon and hope you don't see them. For if you do, it will spell certain doom. Oh, look, off in the distance, you can see the glint of the hippo's eye. Can you move fast enough to outrun its rampage? Absolutely not, for it is a hungry hippo. And you are in its path. Therefore, you will be its food. Nothing can outrun the hippo. Unless, of course, you want to appease it with a piece of toast, which hippos are known to quite enjoy. However, that is not a part of the game. That is just a fact. Do not try to play the game. You will lose. The hippo will win, for it is hungry. And you are its meal now. Come on down. We are having a sale on it. It's very cheap. Because you will die. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's terrifying. <laughs> because you will die. I know, I'm like waiting for the punchline. And just like, yeah, that's, 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 that's it. Life <laughs> that's, is the punchline. That's where it is. <laughs> Uh, and hungry, hungry hippos, hippos hunt you <laughs> in Soviet Russia. <laughs> hey, fun dork fact: hippos are the second most dangerous man or animal outside of man. Uh, they kill <laughs> hippo, dangerous man. <laughs> I think we need to leave it at that. Hippos are the second most dangerous man. Uh, Wait, who's the first most dangerous man? Uh, mosquitoes. Where'd it hurt Oh, I was gonna say Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yes. that, yes. that fits. That tracks. So, I take it back. I take it back. I'm sorry, Danny. I'm sorry, Mr. Trejo. <laughs> take it back. Hall of Fame. Oh. Adam Baum won in a landslide last week. Motherfucker. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, which means. I go first, and you guys get a chance to try to unseat me with your amazing picks. Are you guys ready? Of course. I'm so ready. I'm ready for My pick for this week is Hungry Hungry, not Hungry Hungry Hippos, Grape Escape. Oh, sorry. The Grape Escape. Hey! So, wait, are we doing a board game theme or just anything? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> that make is it just... A really fucked up board game where you mangle grapes that look, you know, 
animomorph, animomorphic, animomorph. Yeah, they have faces. Whatever the fuck, animomorphic. <laughs> yes. What he said. Um, Mike, what's your pick? I'm gonna go with a uh, a more obscure one. Um, well, not super obscure, but obscure in this line. Cops and Crooks, Nightmare. Oh. The Nightmare figure. Oh, that's a good nice. Pick. That nice. is a good one. He's He was just one of those figures that was super weird because you would launch his head and his head was the cap feature. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I just really like that he could throw his head at people. <laughs> you know, everything that's old is new again. Come on. Cops and Crooks. Yeah. Seriously. Make it happen. I mean, I would definitely, at minimum, go for Dr. Bad Vibes. Yeah. I mean, Alvarez, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there that uh, uh, stay tuned to Raised by Rentals. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We have ideas. (laughs) You guys did a a Cops and Crooks episode? Oh, no, no. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We we have something planned. You crazy bastards. (laughs) You're going to talk for three hours about Cops and Crooks. I mean, we could go longer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: that was the last toy line that I ever collected. Like as as a as a young one. Yep. That you stole all... from that Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these ones these ones are too big to steal. I got them on clearance at the Toys R Us. I actually laid down laid down the money for them. Great figures. That... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Josh, what do you got? Pikmin. Uh, I'm just trying to look up the exact name of it. Uh, I know exactly what what it is. I'm just uh, trying to get the... It is the uh, Kenner Beetlejuice. I feel stupid for not knowing this. Uh, Very specifically, the iconic Kenner Showtime Beetlejuice. Oh, with the striped one. suit and the carnival head. Oh, damn. That's a good one. Uh, despite the fact that it was, you know, you had to buy two figures to get the iconic Beetlejuice and the striped suit. Uh, I I did have that figure and I wound up using it more with that weird carnival head because it was so unique. You know, like, we're long overdue for a Beetlejuice to win. Just throwing it out there. Um, not that I want you to win, because I want to win. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like that's a real heavy hitter right there. Yeah, that, it is. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, it literally steps onto the scene and just goes, "It's showtime." Yep. <laughs> that one Damn. and the swords. We've come yeah. for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. You know, I feel weird like we shouldn't be talking about Beetlejuice without mentioning Don Dorazio. <laughs> we have to say her name. Boop, boop, boop. We have to say her name three times. We have no, no. mangoes. There are no mangoes here. No mangoes no. for you. We don't say her name three times because then she just shows up on the podcast. You can't get her to leave. <laughs> much much like Beetlejuice. Uh Dr. Josh, what do you have? For us. All right. Uh, oh man, I say I can't compete. I can't compete. I don't. I don't know like uh, what's uh, what's cool. What's cool in the in, in the in the toy freak world. But I have my own Pick personal up sticks. <laughs> uh, what lame ass toys? Bracelets. 
lame ass <laughs> toys that I have as a kid. I had I had all those things. I definitely had pickup sticks. Uh, no, I will say my one of my personal favorites that isn't a GI Joe, but definitely used to play with my GI Joes despite the really strange uh, uh, size difference. Is the uh, uh, 1986 Mattel Tex Hex from the Brave Star line? Oh, <laughs> such a good figure. Yeah, Josh. I don't know, man. I love that show. That's a good one. God damn, that show is awesome. He has those weird, like, crazy lasers, and he's wearing a codpiece for some reason, even though he's like a space cowboy, but he's like an undead space cowboy. He reminds me—he reminds me of the the character from House Two. Yes, Uh, yes, yeah. That's exactly what he is. Been like in space. And like, (laughs) instead of Battle Cat, there's a robot horse that can walk upright that has a shotgun. Yep. Trigger. I love that show. God damn, that show so much. Like. And then Silverhawks, oh, yeah. the show that like toys weren't so great, but like man, 80s. The show was so good. Yeah, oh, I love the Silverhawks. Oh. The bad guy flies around a giant red space squid. Yep. And he's like a heavy metal guy. Yeah. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> Both of those are are due for a revival. They they really need to be revived. Silverhawks for sure. They shot Thundercats in the head, unfortunately, with Thundercats Go. But, uh, yeah, I think that Silverhawks would be awesome with, like, CG. Oh, my God. And then horrible overpriced toys from Mattel. Make <laughs> Mighty <it> Max. <laughs> we need new Mighty Max. Mighty Max first. Yeah. Yeah. And then Silverhawks. We don't need new properties. Just give us all the things we had as a kid. Let's sell it to us again. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's, nothing, that, that's, how, that's how streaming TV is making all their money. Nothing new is allowed. <laughs> that's how exactly. Tubi gets all of my free time yep. is watching old cartoons like yep. cops and crooks only available on Tubi. And I hate to admit this. I'm slowly chewing through the Conan, the barbarian TV show <laughs> in the late nineties. That was a horrible take on oh, man. Uh, the adventures of Hercules, but it was produced by what's his name from Bride of the reanimator, Brian Yuzna. So yeah. it's like all of your favorite Brian Yuzna players <laughs> and like Michael Berryman. And it's just, it's great. Um, Strasburg, I know you got to go. So um, what toy would he be, guys? I know Dawn is a transforming snowblower. <laughs> Uh-oh, you said her name again. Oh, that's, that's twice. That's, that's twice. Single! <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like an upside-down weeble wobble with this giant bulbous brain that he couldn't lift off the ground. <laughs> We don't have enough time because we weren't ready. <laughs> wait, I, I, wait, 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 wait. You guys, you guys had an episode. I don't remember, uh, Alvarez, if you mentioned it. You guys had an episode you were talking about, like, comic book and, like, superhero characters. Oh, yeah. That, I mentioned Dome cre- Peace. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You mentioned uh, – and we purposely came up with, like, the longest superhero name uh, of all time, like like that Fiona Apple album where, like, the title had, like, 90-something words in it. And so I came up with the name of a character that was, like, 92 words or, or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See, I think I think I have a viable a viable suggestion, although it doesn't necessarily fit into like a master's theme. I, I definitely feel like it's appropriate. What's okay. that? And I think it's the Strassus Colossus, able to lift ten long boxes in a single go. Oh, (laughs) as long as he has an exposed brain, I think it's a great idea. (laughs) 
Is he just like a doorstop that you put your comic books on so you don't have them resting on the floor in your basement? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was, I was thinking, like, just, like, like a big hulking character that came with, like, long boxes of comics that he could launch at other characters. <laughs> oh, my God, that's horrible. <laughs> my arsenal would be an entire comic book store that I just pull long boxes out of and just shoot, like, Nerf ammo. <laughs> Like the old G.I. Joe missiles are just comic yeah. boxes. Like Salvo. <laughs> yes. The Right of Might t-shirt. Take these stack of 90s free comic book day G.I. Joe comics that we can't even give away. Thunk. Oh, man. <laughs> the power of Liefeld compels you. <laughs> just like hey. a box. Print isn't dead, you are. <laughs> oh man that's amazing i love I it. you like love it. elf back issues skeletor <laughs> oh, fun oh wait wait no <laughs> my my uh my like uh, uh boss level uh super weapon would be uh an entire uh shelf of like 10 long boxes of the nfl super pro special <laughs> <laughs> oh, super pro <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to the Comic Code Authority. And then you just roll up your sleeves and one arm has Comic Code and the other has Authority <laughs> tattooed on it. <laughs> oh, man. Have you met my on his knuckles? It says Jack and Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> this one's, yeah. this one's yeah. for Kirby Crackle. This one's for Jackin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't curb stomp, he Kirby stomps. <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. I'll take oh, it. Oh awesome. man. But I have I have to have comically tiny Liefeld feet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I'll I'll defend Rob Liefeld on the on, on the next uh, on the next guest spot because and your uh, hands are drawn really weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you always have scoliosis in the drawing. <laughs> Anytime you're holding a gun, it's literally just sitting on top of your fist. Exactly. <laughs> my waist is always twisted, so somehow you can see both of my pecs and both of my butt cheeks at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, long box. <laughs> I love it. I'll take it. Long box. <laughs> oh, that's it's got the great, great double entendre. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All, right. All right. Enjoy that birthday party. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week with stuff and things and toys and whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll be back next week. Stuff and things. That's right. <laughs> Take care and stay in Texas where it doesn't snow. We will, uh, yeah. Bye. Bye.
Mahaha. Count, I've never followed you before. I haven't the time for it. No, Count, not even you will remember that you spelt Creepyhead with a K to avoid being sued by Play-Doh. Count, Facebook and Instagram likes please you, so grant me my friend request. And if you do not listen, to hell with you!